Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on. And now, starting an hour earlier, welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Here's your host, Michael Ball. All right, let's get after it. Wherever you're listening, however you're listening, we do appreciate it. Show's brought to you by the Canadian Brew House on this Thursday. They have a great out, uh, outdoor area, the patio. They also have Thursday night football tonight inside. Lots of prizes to be won at either brew house with a great menu. It's uh, the Minnesota Vikings and the Eagles. Eagles hosting the Vikings. I believe this time last year those teams met in the exact same location, exact primetime game. I think it was Monday night football, though, and the... Uh, the Vikings got absolutely crushed by the Eagles, I think, in that game. <laughs> I think they did. And That'd I, be funny. I, Sounds I, about right. I, I think it was like week three, week four. It was kind of right around, I know there's maybe a little earlier. Wasn't it? Can you check the Vikings schedule from 2022? 2022 schedule. Yeah, check and see. It was right around this time. It's a primetime game, and we know Kirk yeah, Cousins. Yeah, September 19th, 24-7 yeah. loss. Yeah, that's right. So I remembered correctly. So I'm we'll, quick, huh? I'm yeah, pretty quick. You're awesome. Hey, Dan Marino, who <laughs> might be the... Myself on Dan the Marino might... Well, I'll pat you on the back. <laughs> Come over here. I'll pat you. Yeah, Come here. here. There we go. Thank you. There you go. There, there you go. Sounded more like a hand than a back. Yeah. It was. Uh, Dan Marino. <laughs> Uh, one of my favorite pure-passing quarterbacks of all time. That guy could sling Ooh, it. Absolute rifle, huh? Yeah, in 1984, when you could absolutely mug a receiver all over the field and not get called for it, dude threw for 5,084 yards. He was asked by uh, ESPN's Kevin Clark if he could throw for thick uh, 6,000 now. He said, absolutely I could throw for 6,000, and so could a lot of guys in my era. It'd be a lot of fun. I wish I could. The beauty is, is I'm retired and I don't have to prove it. Uh, Peyton Manning uh, broke Marino's passing record with uh, 5,477 yards in 2013. Absolutely, those quarterbacks. That's why these stats nowadays, I don't uh, take a lot. Like The passing stats are a little overboard. I remember watching... Like Dan Fouts, for instance. Dan Fouts was my guy with the Chargers. Yeah. And then Rivers came and beat him in a lot of his passing stats. And I love Phillip Rivers. But Dan Fouts, to me, is a better quarterback because he had to play in an era when... The passing game wasn't as, you know... Predominant. Yeah. It wasn't as known. So that's maybe why it's such such success. But you could mug. Like, you had you had uh, Mel Blount on the uh, corner. You had uh, Lester Hayes, Mike Haynes, those kind of guys grabbing you and the stick them and grabbing onto your jersey. So, sorry, what were you going to say? I don't even know. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I mean, man. to cut you off, man. No, it's, no hey, oh... I, I remember watching Brett Favre break Dan Marino's uh, passing touchdowns, Mark. Yeah. It was at Minnesota the 2007 season. Mm-hmm. It was a nice slant route to Greg Jennings yeah. at the old Metrodome. I yeah. remember watching that, and I was so excited. And then yeah. the Packers ended up losing in the NFC Championship yeah. game. Yeah. Stayed home from school the next day. <laughs> that was the uh, that was the cold game against the yes, uh, Giants. it was. It was John Ryan's last, last game. game. And Brett Favre's, too. Yeah. That's interesting. A little trivia for you. Both those guys went out after that game. Uh Hurts my heart. The NHL Players Association and uh, the league looking in still to this uh, 
Mike Babcock thing, the Columbus coach asking to view players' phones and photos during off-season meetings. To me, this is a big, fat nothing burger. Nothing to see here. Yeah. Move on, but... Uh, or what Paul Bissonnette says yeah, something. That's, right, that's, that's right. why it's... Yeah. Oh. It is a pretty significant news story in the world of sports. BioSteel, a major sponsor of the NHL, NHLPA, the likes of uh, Connor Bedard, Connor McDavid, Patrick Mahomes, Alfonso Davies, Gleyber Torres, the Blue Jays, Ezekiel Elliott, USA Hockey's top prospects game, etc., 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 filing for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. They're laying off 181 employees. So wow. It's a big uh, sports Paying story. too many people. Yeah, maybe. Sounds like it. Things aren't going the way they thought. Player discipline in the CFL. Now, I didn't see any other than Pete Robertson for his headbutt when he did that. Tyrese Beverett, I haven't seen a fine or anything with regards to that headbutt on Andrew Pearson. So somehow, pick and choose justice still does exist in the CFL. Uh, Montreal receiver Austin Mack fine for striking. Argonauts defensive back Quantez Stiggers. Elks defensive lineman Luchez Purifoy has been fined for a high hit on Calgary Stampeders wideout Reggie Bagleton. Elks linebacker Niles Morgan has been fined for a high hit on Stampeders quarterback Tommy Stevens. Calgary receiver Reggie Bagleton. Elks defensive back Ed Ganey fined for engaging in an altercation and striking one another. And Stamps linebacker Micah Hallway has been fined for a hit on Elks quarterback Trey Ford. There's a lot going on in that Edmonton-Calgary game, I guess, eh? Holy uh, smokers. So a lot of fines... Um, a lot of moolah. What's interesting is Mac was kicked out of the game for throwing a punch, but Begleton wasn't. And I guess uh, Ed Ganey wasn't either. So once again, pick and choose justice. They're justice in the CFL. I don't care. It's a joke. It's an absolute embarrassing joke. Uh, but we move on. And we'll move on to the depth charts for the football game tomorrow. And Zinger, I think this is the healthiest the Riders have looked. Man, there's a this, is, this is really good. Like, Philip Blake is back. He's going to back up Evan Johnson. So the O-line's going to look the same. Godber at center. Johnson and Furlan are the guards. The tackles are Council and Lofton. Blake's backing up on the offensive line. Emelis backed up by Breskison. Schaefer Baker backed up by Picton. Jareth Stearns, who we're going to hear from in a couple of minutes. Uh, a slot back along with Sean Bain Jr., Tevin Jones. Alfred's listed as a backup wide receiver. And you've got Morrow and Hickson both on at running back along with Bertrand Houdon. Dolagala, Patterson, and Pipkin are the quarterbacks. The uh, defense looks primarily the same um, except for Tremaine Washington, the former Ottawa Red Black veteran defensive back. He is replacing uh, DeAndre, um, Deontay. Deontay, Deontay Williams, pardon me. Yeah. He is out. He's on the one game injured list. So Deontay Williams is out. He struggled against Winnipeg, but uh, he is a bit nicked up. Maybe that's why he was, um, he was, uh, getting roasted so much. He's out with a hamstring injury. So it's nice when you can put in Tremaine Washington. Pretty happy with that lineup for the Rough Riders, it's actually. It's looking pretty good, man. Yeah. And this is, uh, doesn't have to do with the Rough Riders, but I just uh, I just thought of this. Uh, Micah Tights' brother, he's a defensive lineman on the Calgary Dinos, so there's going to be back-to-back Tights playing at oh, nice. uh, Mosaic Stadium this week. Yeah, because you, cool, huh? you got that game. What time's the kickoff on Two, Saturday? Uh, 2 p.m. Yeah, I encourage you to go watch and cheer on the Rams. They need all your help. they got to try to uh, get back in the playoff race down 
0-2 in the uh, standings. For for Edmonton, it's pretty much the same. There's no Stephen Dunbar Jr. He's on the six-game injured list. And one of their uh, special teams aces, Jeremy Dominique, is out. Uh, but all in all, uh, we'll see the likes of Purifoy and Ganey back in there for Edmonton when they come to town here. Um yeah, they got a pretty solid front. Uh, you see Leonard on one side, and I love that Jake Serezna. He's, he's a, a heck good of, player. He's huh? a heck of a football player. We mentioned it. Albert Owachi's in for Bruno LaBelle, yeah, I believe. Right? And Albert Owachi yeah. is in, too. That's right, for yeah. Bruno LaBelle. Um, so, yeah, going on the roster for the Riders, back to the Riders. Hickson, Lacombo's back. Tremaine Washington, uh, Pete Robertson, Philip Blake, Justin Herdman-Reed is back off a quadriceps injury, and Evan Johnson out for the Riders. Deontay Williams. T.J. Brunson's out, Brian Hare, Lamana, Zach Fry, Logan Bandy, Bruno LaBelle, and Cody Roscoe. So there is your lineup for the Rough Riders and the Edmonton Elks. Plenty to break down. We'll get into some CFL uh, stats on this game, uh, some uh, different news and notes. And uh, when we come back on the other side, we're going to hear in our Profiles feature, we take you under the helmet with one of the Rider players to get to know them better with our own Blaine Weiland. 936-6262, the number to call locally. We'll take your calls. 1-866-767-0620. How do you get the Rider game shaping up tomorrow? Riders and the Edmonton Elks. Big, big playoff uh, type game for both teams. Elks trying to by the fingernails, keeping the playoff race and the Riders trying to stomp on those hands and finish uh, finish their playoff aspirations. This is the Sports Cage for the Canadian Brew House on 620 CKRM. Nobody covers your team like our team. This is the Sports Cage on the mighty 620 CKRM. You've seen them on the field. Now we dig deep to bring you a closer look at a player you'll never find on the stat sheet. This is Profiles on the Sports Cage. Welcome back to the Sports Cage here at the corner of 12 the Rows in downtown Regina. Wherever you're listening, however you're listening, thanks for making us part of your day. This show is a presentation of the Canadian Brew House on this Thursday. All our guests come to you via the Western Pizza Hotline, and you can hit us up on the text line, 936-6262. That's powered by the Capital Auto Group. It's time now to check in with our reporter, Blaine Wyland, as he gets under the helmet with a rough rider in the locker room. This is Jareth Stearns. Is it Jareth to start off with? Your favorite number? Uh, four. It was just a family number growing up, and this is what I always wanted to wear. Favorite football memory? Could be at any level. Uh, probably this past year, uh, my last year at Western Kentucky, just the things we did, just uh, winning the bowl game. Have a favorite football player growing up? Reggie Bush, without a doubt. Turn on TV, see the things he could do. Reggie Bush. He got he has he has to get that Heisman back, eh? <laughs> I hope he does. <laughs> do you have a favorite coach growing up? Uh, yeah, Coach John Kitna. I uh, played with the Cowboys for a little while. Yeah. yeah, that was my high school head coach for a little while and probably my favorite coach all time. Favorite team growing up, whether it's football or any other sport? Uh, it was the New Orleans Saints growing up because of Reggie Bush. <laughs> favorite sport other than football? Basketball. I always, I always had hoop dreams, but, you know, being 5'8", those weren't coming true. <laughs> favorite TV show? Uh, Malcolm in the Middle. Oh, okay. Yeah, you ever seen it? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Frankie Muntz, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've watched it a lot. It's been it's, it's a little while, but yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. Uh, favorite actor? Uh, probably Will Smith. I love all his movies, so Will Smith. Favorite actress? Uh, that's a tough one. Uh, 
Let's go Megan Fox first. Okay. <laughs> Favorite cartoon character? Ooh. Dang, I ain't been asked questions like these in a minute. Favorite cartoon <laughs> character? Growing up, it was probably Spongebob, so I'm going to stay Spongebob. Favorite superhero? Batman, definitely. Even though he doesn't really have any powers, but Batman. You're the first guy who said that, and that would be like, I thought the obvious answer. It's kind of, kind of crazy how that works out. But <laughs> Favorite CFL city to visit? Uh, I've only been on two away games, so I'm going to be biased and say uh, where, we, where we play at. <laughs> <laughs> okay. How about favorite city to visit at, like whether it's Canada, U.S., anywhere in the world? Uh, favorite place I've ever been was, would probably be uh, Los Angeles. <laughs> favorite food? Uh, some wings. Wings undefeated. Wings and ranch. Can't be beaten. How about favorite pregame meal? Uh, I keep it simple. Like, I eat some small fruit, probably. Favorite thing to throw on the barbecue? Ooh. Mm, I don't know. That's a tough one. All kinds of meat. It don't really matter. Would you hire a barbecuer? I will. Yeah. I wouldn't say I am, but I've done it a couple okay. times. Do you have a favorite like pregame routine that you go through before a day, day of a game or maybe day before? Uh, the night before, I just put my legs up the wall. Sounds weird, but like lay down on the ground, put my legs up the wall for like 20 minutes. Favorite color? Red. Red or yellow? Any particular reason? Or just, like, <laughs> uh, no, just, I just like those two okay. colors. Favorite vehicle? Uh, I'm not a big car guy, but my dad had a, a Escalade growing up, and I thought that was pretty nice. Probably that. You got a favorite hobby or hobbies? Yeah, I like to bowl. Pretty good at bowling and golfing. I'm not good at golfing, but I like to golf. Okay. <laughs> How about uh, video games? You like them? Of course, yeah. My favorite video game, probably Rocket League. You ever heard of that? No, not that one. <laughs> uh, car soccer. So you just drive around. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard of that one now. <laughs> favorite uh, holiday? Christmas. Without a doubt. Jesus' birthday. Uh, family get together. Can't, can't not love it. Yeah. <laughs> favorite scent, so in terms of smell? Oh, I don't know. Anything, like, I like a, like a... A fresh smell, like just cl anything clean. Mm -hmm. Doesn't have to be fruity or anything, just a clean smell. Laundry type? Yeah, definitely. Okay. How about favorite time of day? So morning, afternoon, night? Probably afternoon for me. I'm not a morning person at all. <laughs> <laughs> Good time to practice tonight. <laughs> yeah. You got a favorite thing that you like to do on the off day? Since I've been here, the off days have been golfing. We go golfing with some of the guys. You got a favorite course so far here? Uh, we go to Aspen. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty nice out there, and they take pretty good care of us, so, yeah. Favorite animal, if you have one? Uh, probably a lion, for obvious reasons, yeah. <laughs> Favorite teammate to share a laugh with? Kendall Watson. <laughs> sure. Well, the last question, then. Other than that, favorite thing about being a Rough Rider? Uh, just everything about it. Uh, who wouldn't want to be a Rough Rider at the... The fans here are amazing. The guys here are amazing. All the way up to the top. Uh, I'm just grateful to be here. All right, that is 
Receiver Jared Stearns, Western Kentucky Hilltoppers, been a nice addition to this football team. He'll be in the lineup tomorrow as the Rough Riders take on the Edmonton Elks. Looking at some other sports stories, we never did mention this, Zinger. It's been pretty embarrassing for the Blue Jays. They have lost three of four versus Texas. They wrapped the series up tonight. They're a game back at Seattle now. Uh, they've been outscored in these three games, twenty six to seven. Are you off the train now? I'm off the train. For Yesterday good? I was. Well, <laughs> they're only we'll a game. They're only a game out. But they're still what uh, seventeen games, something yeah, like that. Yeah, they'll probably make the playoffs. But let's be honest, they're not going anywhere. That's just it's been bad there. Just make it into the dance, and you never knew. I gotta bring this up. This is crazy. I don't understand this, but apparently. Third time's the charm in Atlanta. The NHL is apparently oh. looking at maybe going back there. There's a developer that wants to make some sort of like big area like uh, Daryl Cates did in Edmonton and have a rink, an 18,000-seat rink in a prime location. And Bill Daly, the deputy commissioner, said that uh, rink location would be paramount to success, much like the Braves are having now with their new stadium in a great location. They're sold out all the time. Well, they've got a great team, too. The Braves Bill. were sold out before at Turner Field. Yeah. Didn't matter. Anyway, I'll tell you. Can't compare the Thrashers uh, and the Braves. They, they they're gonna go back. God. They're gonna go back to Atlanta. That's the definition of insanity. Just doing the same thing and expecting different results. Uh, this will be the third team there, you know? Third time, man. Third, Atlanta, Atlanta, Atlanta Flames, Atlanta Thrashers. Like enough already. Both of those moved to Canada. Well, maybe, you know what? To hell with it. Maybe we give it to them, and then they move to Quebec City when they screw up again. Or maybe to Saskatoon. No, not Where did the Thrashers move again? I'm drawing the Jets. a blank. Oh yeah, well the Jets can't blame me for forgetting about the Jets, can you? Yeah, and then and the Atlanta Flames with the Calgary to become the Calgary Flames, obviously. So yeah. I don't know what uh, what's going to go on there with the NHL, but they like that sweet, sweet expansion money. Um, and this is uh, interesting. So um, Deion Sanders, whether you uh-huh. like whether you like him or not, uh, the dude is uh, he's getting people talking about college football and college football in Colorado. I wanted to point this out. Uh, so he got into it with um, he got into it with um, what's his name, the Matt Rule, the coach in Nebraska, right before the big game. Apparently, Colorado State's coach doesn't like how Dion dresses. He said, "My parents always tell me to take off my sunglasses and my hat when I address people." Yeah, Jay Norville. So, yeah, so they were getting into it there yeah. a little bit, but. Check this out. Demand for Buffalo's tickets continues to surge for the Dion coach team. The average secondary market ticket price for home games is now $517, an 11 11% increase since last week's win over Nebraska. Uh, the number two team now, and they've been number one forever, is Ohio State. It's Colorado right now. And uh, the game this week, Colorado against the Colorado State Rams. Uh, tickets priced as low as $224 and as high as $783. Three dollars well, for the game. S- did you see the lineup on campus at the University of Colorado for students to get ticket football tickets? Wow. The line went all the way around the campus, like yeah. it was from I don't know corner of Twelfth and Rose to like Winnipeg Street, maybe. Yeah, something like something wacky like that. No, crazy. it was crazy. I, I watched the video of it. Some guy at University of Colorado followed the whole line taking a video of it. Wow. Yeah, it was. <laughs> 
They haven't been this for po- real. They, they haven't been this popular, man, since probably 1996. They're so popular that ESPN's College Game Day, the big show with with uh, Lee Corso and all the guys, Kirk Herbstreet, is going to be on set there this weekend for the game before the game. First time they've done that since 1996, back when Cordell Stewart, I think, was on the team. Ooh, well, we're really back going the, back in the archives. Actually, actually, it was after that. Cordell was before that. Uh, Would have been. Um, oh, who's the receiver we have on all the time? Receiver we have on? Yeah, the betting guy. What? Uh, Mike Pritchard? Is it Mike Pritchard? No, we have Mike Pritchard on yeah, a lot. Yeah, Mike Pritchard, yeah. Because yeah. he was a co- NFL receiver. Yeah, he was a Colorado Buffalo. Yeah, no, that okay. was it. That was then. I, I see you. Anyway, we're going to... David Bakhtiari was a Colorado Buffalo, too. Left tackle for the Packers. Have to sneak that in. So sorry, ballsy. We'll go to the Rams. The Rams. Uh, Colorado State Rams and the Regina Rams. Very similar in their jerseys, yeah, too. Yeah, they are. And helmets. And helmets. Uh, Rams mimic them, obviously, because yeah. the Rams used to have the white horns, which I love better. Yeah. Uh, but the Rams, like the L.A. Rams tried to sue the Regina Rams back in the day for trademark. And wow. uh, that went, we had we had to prove we were a non-profit organization and hey. then they didn't sue us. Hey, you know that Rams logo, like the R with the with the Ram leaping through it? Yeah. You know, that's an icon. Like I that's was going, a, I was going oh, back in the yeah. archives yeah. and that, that logo was like used in like the 50s, 60s. That was, that was great. It's crazy. That was awesome. And they're going to uh, trademark so, my backside and leave the, that logo by the, way, by the way, you... Um, the game you're calling, they're celebrating the 50th anniversary of their 73 championship team, and they're also honoring uh, uh, now deceased uh, coach and player Tom McCallum, friend yeah. of the show, uh, there before that game. We'll take a break and be back with more of the sports cage in a moment, including we'll hear from Elks quarterback Trey Ford after our news package on 620 CKRM. All right, it's 3.33. Here's your sports ticker. Just over 24 hours until kickoff at Mosaic Stadium between the Riders and Elks. And the Rough Riders depth chart is out, and some changes from last week sees defensive back Tremaine Washington and offensive lineman Philip Blake making their 2023 debuts for the Riders. Blake will back up Evan Johnson, who is also back in the lineup at left guard. Defensive end Pete Robertson will make his return to the starting lineup after missing last week's Labor Day rematch serving his one game suspension so tomorrow night is the lights out game at Mosaic Stadium one of the more popular theme game days there there is on the calendar so fans are encouraged to be in their seats a little earlier for bring them out it's a 7 30 p.m. kickoff tomorrow with countdown to kickoff starting at 4 30 p.m. right here on 620 CKRM it's time to pump you Get the latest in fitness and lifestyle tips with one of Canada's top fitness trainers, Tish Duffy. This is Train with Tish on the Sports Cage. And Tish joins us in Kelowna. So did you dodge the uh, terrible wildfires there? Well, uh, it was a little bit close for a couple of days, especially with that wind. The neighborhood beside us was on alert, so we were definitely uh, on high alert for a couple of days. But when the, the wind died down, we watched um, the firefighters and all the stories and uh, were able to stay in our homes. But it was definitely a scary, surreal couple of days for us over here. Yeah, no kidding. I have some friends there, too. They had to like, evacuate their homes, but fortunately, everything's good. Uh, all right, so let's Great. talk about, uh, we, we're here to talk uh, uh, health and uh, lifestyle. Uh, you're our expert. You've been doing it for over 30 years. Um, and as we get older in anything in life, uh, I always like to ask guests questions. What would what would this Tish Duffy tell younger 
Tish Duffy that's getting into the uh, fitness world. So I'm going to ask you that. Is there anything or any nutrition tips that you'd like to give yourself, your younger self, now that you know more? Yeah, I mean, obviously with training, lots of people over the last 30 years has, has helped me figure out sort of the five or the six key things. And also, you know, by just doing trial and error things for myself. But um, I think the, the one thing that I've really, really recommended to a lot of my clients, not just for weight loss, but just overall better health and sleeping better is try to go to bed on an empty stomach. I always encourage even just to go to bed feeling a little bit peckish like you don't really want to eat a full meal but you you could go for that snack but instead uh, of not going for that snack you just have a warm tea or you have a big glass of water I know it doesn't sound that entertaining but if you can go to bed feeling a little peckish you're going to sleep way better but also it's going to get you up eager to start your day to actually have a really good breakfast. So that is one of the one things I really recommend, especially for people who are just trying to get rid of a couple of extra pounds. That really is a key uh, habit to get into. And I think one of the other really important things to do is to make sure that you're incorporating a protein shake in your day. And I think the timing of that shake is also really, really important. So, you know, I try to encourage my clients to have like a big 30 grams of just a whey protein or if you're vegan, there's lots of vegan options to put in just water, shake it up with ice, drink it about midday, like 3, 3.30 if you're having dinner around 6, that gives you lots of time to still eat and, and enjoy a good meal at dinner. But that evening meal should actually be one of your smallest meals. We we kind of have it backwards in Europe, in you in the in Canada and the U.S. In Europe, when I lived there for a year, they actually do the opposite. Their smallest meal is in the evening when you don't really need the calories. You don't need the energy. So if you have that 30 grams of protein midday at like 3, 3.30, you're going to tend not to be over hungry and overeat at dinner. And so that, that meal at, at night is going to be smaller. And again, sleeping better, getting up and eager to eat the next day when you need the fuel in the morning um, is are the two things that I would recommend. All right, so you have five or six, and much like you just mentioned there, eating small, we give our listeners information in small bits so they can absorb them. We'll get to the other three next week. Thanks for your time. I appreciate it. My pleasure, Michael. Have a great day. Where Saskatchewan sports fans come to talk, this is The Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. All right, uh, if you're on the fence about whether to go to the football game tomorrow or not, ah, it's the 6-6 six and six Riders and these Edmonton Elks. Well, this is a big game. It's a playoff game. It's a big playoff game. Check this out. If the Saskatchewan Rough Riders win this game, they basically finish Edmonton's playoff hopes, at least in the West. There's no way Edmonton can catch Saskatchewan. Riders already own the season series advantage, but they can basically put their foot on the throats of the Elks here, um, winning the first two games. And uh, it's going to be a tight game. The last three meetings have been decided by a margin of one, four, and two points. The last 11 games have all gone down to the final three minutes before being decided and include 31, 31 lead changes. So it's going to be whether it's 12-11 or 27-24, it's going to be a tight, exciting, competitive 
football game under the Friday Night Lights. Friday Night Lights. And I'll tell you what, this guy here is worth the price of admission on his own in Edmonton with the team getting ready for the game is the former Waterloo Warrior quarterback, the Canadian, and former Heck Crichton Trophy winner, Trey Ford. Trey, what have you seen that led, that's led to this kind of turnaround for this team over the recent weeks? Uh, I think a really, really big important piece of it is definitely the O-line. I think the O-line's played phenomenal. Um, our run game has been phenomenal the last five weeks. Um, so I think that was definitely probably one of the biggest improvements. And then even with the way we've been running the ball, it's developed more in the past game. It's given me more time in the pocket. And, I mean, my escapability definitely helps too, where I can get out and extend plays when defenses want to drop nine and make passing lanes a little, you know, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, like closing windows and everything. So, uh I think it's kind of just been an all-around effort offensively, and then defensively, I think we've been playing well, I would say, the whole year. I mean, there's, you know, people are going to make plays at some point, but I think our defense has been amazing, especially the last five weeks. And, I mean, even if you look at that comeback we had last week, like they had three two-and-outs in the fourth quarter to give our offense opportunity to go score. Jason Shiver's defense is very similar to one Chris Jones runs. Does that maybe give you an advantage that you go against a Chris Jones defense in practice every week? Um... Yeah, I, I would say it definitely gives an advantage because you know you never know what Jones is going to throw at you. He's got all kinds of uh, he's got all kinds of tricks, so uh, it's it's going to be exciting to play that kind of defense. And I mean, I'm just excited to play. Uh, you know, it's the first time that they're going to see me actually play live, which I feel like is a slight advantage for me because uh, watching it on film and actually being on the field are kind of two different things, especially the speed of the game. I feel like not that I look slow on film, but I feel like it's a lot faster in person. So. I was going to ask, how excited are you to play first starting game in Saskatchewan? We could talk about the stadium and the fans here and everything. Oh, yeah. I was actually uh, just talking to another one of the reporters about it's the Lights Out game or whatever I think it's called. And I was here for it last year, and I thought it was super, super cool. You know, all lights are going on and off. Everybody's got the green cell phone light on and everything. Uh, it was definitely pretty cool. Uh, and I felt like I was able to take it in a little more last year because I wasn't actually playing. Actually, I think I did dress that game, but I was like my first week back from the injury, and I kind of knew I wasn't going to get in that week. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, I'm super excited. I mean, it should be a good crowd. I think, I think there's always good crowds here. Um, but, yeah, just excited to play the game. Obviously, you guys are playing better, and, and that's led to more wins. You playing better, everybody playing better around you. But do you think there's an added belief now that you guys have strung a few wins together that has helped you sort of overcome that slow start? Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I thought we, we've believed all year that we're capable of winning football games. A um, couple close losses, especially with Saskatchewan. Um, but I think just getting a couple of those wins really helped the guys believe now, and I feel like we're flying around on all cylinders. Like, everybody's flying around offense, defense, special teams, O-line, D-line. Like, everybody's playing just a little bit better, and I think that little bit is helping us win games. Riders' defense came off a pretty tough game last week. Do you expect him to come out with a little more tenacity and effort and energy this week? Oh, for sure. I mean, like they're, they're in that playoff hunt for sure, and I think they're definitely going to come out. I mean, nobody wants to go get beat like that in professional football, but I mean, like sometimes, it, honestly, it just happens. So, I mean, I think they're going to come out with a lot of fire uh, with something to prove, and I mean, it's going to be good to play quarterback against that defense. Like, I want to see how good I truly am, and this is going to be a statement game, so... Have you noticed from game to game that your comfort level is getting better? Uh, yeah, for sure. I definitely feel more comfortable playing CFL football and just in the offense that I'm in right now currently with the more reps you get. So, I mean, I'm, I'm still young. I'm 25. I, I got a lot to learn. Uh, this is only like my, my sixth start. 
So I mean, I'm just gonna uh, gonna go with the flow. I'm confident the coach is gonna put me in good positions. I'm confident all the players around me to make plays, and I just gotta give them the opportunity to do that. So, is it a hope of yours down the line that instead of people talking about Trey Ford? He's a good Canadian quarterback. How about they just say Trey Ford, he's a good quarterback? Yeah, I know that, that's definitely something I'm aiming towards. I mean, people always throw the Canadian quarterback in front of it, but I mean, I'm, I'm proud of it, but it's also like I do just want to be a quarterback at the same time, and the Canadian status is awesome to have. I mean, I like to be a role model for other Canadians that are playing in U sports to you know, get an opportunity to come play in the CFL, but I do just want to be a good quarterback in general. Was it tough for you at the beginning of the year, being patient, waiting for your opportunity? Uh, yeah, I mean, it... it it's not the greatest thing to watch from the sideline, especially when you feel like you can go out there and help. But um, you know, like that's not that's not my decision, right? Like I, I'm sure if you ask anybody, would you like to go out there and play? They'd be like, yeah, 100%. So, and I mean, a lot of people too probably don't like to admit if somebody is better than them, right? Like I'm sure every backup quarterback thinks, oh man, no, I'm better than the starting quarterback, right? So I think that's just kind of how it goes. And I mean. I think you have to be confident in yourself as a quarterback, right? Like, if you if you don't want to be out there on the field trying to lead your team, then I don't think you should be playing quarterback. So, even though this is an away game, the fact you guys won the home game is that a big monkey off your back? Oh uh, yeah, for sure. I think to get the the two wins at home, especially after the long, long losing streak at home, uh, I think those were definitely two important ones. But I mean, at this point, I think just winning games for us is crucial in general. What, uh, what have you seen from Jake Dolgal, the Ryers quarterback here? Another young guy with a, only a handful of starts under his belt. Yeah, well, I definitely notice he's a huge human being. <laughs> so I've definitely noticed that. I mean, he, he's got he's got a live arm. He can launch it. Uh, haven't watched too much of his actual gameplay because I game plan more for Saskatchewan's defense. But I, I think I think he's talented. I think he can sling the ball, and I mean, I think he's going to be a good quarterback. Is it exciting just in the CFL? There's kind of been this injection of youth due to injuries, unfortunately, to quarterbacks. But you, Jake, Dustin Crum, Powell, a lot of these young guys kind of getting opportunities. How exciting is that for this league? Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's super exciting, and I mean. I know a lot of people were worried about the quarterback talent in the CFL, but I mean, not a lot of the young guys were being given opportunities, and it was a small sample size of how good they could be. And I mean, everything's going to improve with the more reps they get. I mean, if you look at guys like Bo Levi and Zach, like, not that they weren't good in their early years, but I mean, I think it definitely took time to develop to get to where they are now. Um, I think I was actually, I was talking to Bo this offseason, I was kind of talking to him, like, when did you get your first start? And he's like, in my third year. So I'm like, well, I'm in my second year and I'm already six games in, right? And I mean, he just had a lot more time to learn. And I mean, he was a dominant quarterback in the CFL for such a long time, but I think it's the way he's able to work and get all those mental reps and get all that experience, which led him to be a great quarterback. It's good words from Trey Ford, and that's exactly uh, what we need in this league. We need to be able to... It's what I said. Remember when I said that about a few weeks ago? It was Mason Fine was the guy that everybody wanted to kick to the curb in, in favor of Dola Gala. And I'm I'm not in anybody's camp. I like them both evenly, okay? My point was people like to, especially around here in Ryder Nation, they like to bitch about... We don't develop quarterbacks, but they, they don't really want to develop quarterbacks. They just want to bitch about the fact we don't develop quarterbacks. So you have to give them a chance to develop. You just heard from Trey Ford. Bo Levi Mitchell didn't get his first start till uh, year number three. Mm-hmm. And, and he's turned into a Hall of Famer. He's going to go down in the Hall of Fame, one of the best quarterbacks to play this game, this year excluded. 
But you know what I mean? So I hope, I really hope that this kid can continue his progression. I, I want to see, not this week. I want to see. I was going to say, are you excited to see him run around silly tomorrow? Night? I want to see him become a better passer of the football. Um, but. Just not tomorrow. He but just start, not tomorrow. He can start Just not tomorrow. Day. But man, is he a great athlete to <laughs> watch. Is. And I really hope that uh, he gets enough uh, chance to. To prove that he can be a long-term viable player in this league. You look at the Nick Arbuckles, even his teammate Taylor Cornelius, the long leashes they've gotten because they're American. Canadians have, Americans have to prove, and they get a long leash to prove they can't play quarterback. Canadians get a very short leash to prove they can play in any position. They get a little more of a leash in other positions, Zinger, because they have, you know, they're not quarterbacks. They they get a chance in like safety or receiver, but the quarterback is a very short leash. So ideally, I'd like that it to be a really good football game. Ford have a great game, but the Riders still win by like a touchdown. Yeah, I like that. If I could have it that way. Anyway, we'll be back with Philip Blake, who returns to the Riders lineup. A remarkable comeback. This is the Sports Cage on six twenty CKRM. It's time to step into the radio octagon. You're tuned to the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. Philip Blake, the Rough Riders veteran offensive lineman, signed in the offseason after winning a great cup playing both guard and tackle with the uh, Boatman, came in here. We knew about him because he was a rider before he went to Toronto. Tore his peck in training camp, thought for sure. He's 37. This guy's done. He's back and he's playing. First regular season game for the Rough Riders. Since signing with the team, he'll be in a backup role, but we may see him in the football game. Here's Philip Blake on his return. Well, it feels good. I mean, it's been a long uh, 12 weeks. Um, something you don't plan on going through, but I mean, you understand it's part of the game, so just take it day by day and go from there. First time getting a chance to talk to you, what, what, what kind of happened? How did you suffer the injury and just what, what's it been like having to rehab? Um, just, well, I was trying to push a guy out and I guess my hand slipped and it kind of, I guess I felt a little pop, but um, in terms of rehab, it's been uh, it's been good. I mean, it's one of a tricky injury. It's one of the things that might have happened previous years, kind of like a, like a redo kind of something that happened, um, but it was a four-month recovery. It's been two and a half months. I got cleared in two and a half months, so I've been known to recover fast because the last time I was here at 18-19 I broke my leg and mm-hmm. came back and finished the season so shout outs to Dr. Bushko for you know cutting me open and fixing me out two times so I mean, the process is still the same and playing football. You're on as, as the sixth man this mm-hmm. week just kind of well, what's that role what do you have to do in that role and how can you kind of help out this offensive line if called upon? I mean if called upon obviously I can play all five positions right so um Whatever happens, you know, within the game, you know, it's good to have someone that can play all five. Um, we'd rather have me at six, and, um, you know, whenever my number's called, I'm going in, right? I always stay ready, and I mean, just, you know, stay ready. Initially, were there concerns that it might be season-ending? Um, sorry, hold on. Um, I don't think it would be a season. To me, it wasn't going to be season-ending. I was going to come back regardless. Um, no, I didn't think it was going to be season-ending. They told me from, from the jump that uh, you can come back towards the end of the year, so my goal was... Banjo Bowl, I mean, I missed it by one week, but it is what it is. To what do you attribute your quick powers of recovery? Um, I tell the guy that got Wolverine blood. <laughs> Outside of that, I'm Jamaican, one of the two. So I'll go with that. You can quote me on that. You can market that. Uh, 
what, uh, what have you seen from this offensive line group? You're a veteran in this league, and there's a lot of younger guys really kind of getting the first few handful of starts this year for in, in the CFL. Yeah, I mean, that's a good thing. I mean, yeah, there's going to be grow, growing pains, learning pains, but that's the fastest way you learn. I mean, you go through games, you might lose a rep. I tell the guy, you don't lose, you learn, right? So, I mean, going through it, playing as many games as I had in this league, um, kind of like you've heard coaches correct guys, and when you see it, you kind of get in the guy's ear, younger guy's ear. So you don't make the same mistakes. I mean, I was a young guy, I made mistakes. So now that my role has changed, it's like shortening that learning curve for the younger guys so they can get the speed. What advice do you, do you give a team ahead of this game against the Elks? they got some good defensive ends and, and can get after quarterbacks. What do you kind of tell these guys I about? I mean, like, we play offensive line, it's, it's always going to be a fight. I tell the guy it's always a fight. Playing offensive line, playing in the trenches, the game within a game. So, I mean, I like to have fun knocking guys down, so I expect to see that. So. How do you think it will feel to come out of the tunnel tomorrow? Um, it's going to feel good. I mean, like I said, I love playing here. I, I tell guys, I mean, if there's one place to play in the CFL, it's Saskatchewan Rough Riders. I won a great cup last year in Toronto. I tell the guys today, win a great cup. I won a great cup in my hometown, but winning it here will be a lot more special for your career. So I know how the fan base is here, and uh, I just feel like it'd be special to win it here. Can you describe uh, the past 12 weeks and just what you've been able to do? Because I understand you're still doing community work and you're mm. still representing the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Yeah, that's the one thing. I mean, towards the end of my career, I mean, early, early on in my career, I wasn't like involved with community. I was trying to you know, make a team and trying to stay on the roster. And once for me, I kind of figured that out. It was like, okay, let me give back because I was on the other, you know, other end of that. So I was talking to people, going to you know, health groups and health gatherings, and healing gatherings. I hear Saskatchewan is an eye-opening experience for me and uh, it's something good to do, right? So you know, I enjoy myself doing it. I mean, I could be in a room complaining I got hurt or do something, go out in the community to help. So that's what I did. Well, he's going to help the riders tomorrow. Hopefully he's in the lineup, number 53, backing up Evan Johnson at left guard, but he'll be a Swiss Army knife there in the uh, background, at least uh, to start the football game. When we come back on the other side of the 4 o'clock news, Arash Madani joins us and our outstanding color commentator, Luke Molitor, getting you set for the riders in the Edmonton Elks. 936-6262 is our text line, powered by the Capital Auto Group. Give us a text. Let us know where you're listening from. We'll give you a shout out your thoughts on the riders oh and don't forget pick the score before the end of the show to win tickets to that game tomorrow you're listening to the sports cage for the canadian brew house on 620 ckrm 620 ckrm is proud to be the official radio partner of the saskatchewan rough riders and your home for the hottest sports talk anywhere this is the sports cage with your host michael ball Time now for Coast to Coast with Arash Madani, our weekly chat with a guy who has covered it all. From Hockey Night in Canada, the Olympics, World Series Baseball, and everything in between, this is Coast to Coast with Arash Madani. For smart investing solutions and our friend Brian Golly, be smart with your money. Give Brian a call, 306-546-2533s from Sportsnet. He's everywhere. One night he's in Vancouver. Edmonton, the next night he's in Manila. He can be anywhere. He could show up anywhere. It's like Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Anyway, he's Arash Madani. Arash? Uh, I don't want to age ourselves, Ballsy. Yeah. I, I just, what was going through my mind was, where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? Oh, yeah. Where in the, yeah, that's right. There you go. Hey, uh, uh, the, the Blue Jays, what the heck is going on here? Talk about laying an egg in the most important series of the season almost. Well, see, 
I am not a uh, sky is falling kind of guy. No. I think the sky is kind of falling. <laughs> yeah. Um, it just feels like they've, it's not that they are coming apart. It feels like they have come apart and have no idea how to get themselves out of the mess that they've created for themselves. And I think it really starts with the, I mean, the biggest question mark of all, like this this lurking weird thing around their opening day starter, Alec Manoa, and it just kind of trickles everywhere else to the point where you're looking around this ball club and you're saying to yourself, half this lineup are AAA hitters. These aren't big league hitters. And you're supposed to be in a playoff race right now, a pennant race right now? Yeah. I'll tell you the biggest disappointment uh, this year to me is, besides Manoa, is uh, Vladdy. Vladdy has just yep. not been good at all. And to me, he had earned the benefit of the doubt that you're saying to yourself, all right, it'll come. All right, it'll come. All right, it's the all-star break. He's still got the second half of the season. Hey, just just wait for August. The games are really going to matter, and he's going to... I'm, I'm watching the other night. I'm like, what do you mean he's hit 21 homers and he's hitting around 255, 260? That's not Vladimir Guerrero Jr. But no. this season it is Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And, and it's not just him. Like, let's be fair. But they needed a whole hell of a lot more out of him. And they haven't gotten it at all. Hey, I want to get your thoughts on this. You bring interesting perspective to uh, different topics. <laughs> what do you, how do you feel about Deion Sanders, the college football coach? Because Deion Sanders, the promoter, is really getting things. Well, he's got his team playing well, and now they have the highest ticket price for college football surpassing Ohio State. And not just that. Um, you know, they're breaking every kind of record, streaming record, ratings record. Like the Fox Big Noon show last week was in Boulder, Colorado. This week is in Boulder, Colorado, and they don't even have the game, and the game's not even till prime time at night. Yeah. And NBA stars, hip-hop stars, movie stars, NFL stars, Hall of Famers, they're all just hanging out at practice. And I think right now we live in a world where we're just trying to jump down people's throats for everything that, that's wrong. Just imagine if you were a college football player at Colorado right now, just how cool this whole thing must be. That you, you feel like a total rock star everywhere you go. And what Deion Sanders has done is not only put a Colorado program back on the map. I mean, they've been dreadful for how long now? Mm-hmm. They won one game last year. They are, like, nobody's talking about Alabama. Nobody's talking about Georgia. The epicenter of college football today is in Boulder, Colorado. I think it's amazing. Yeah, it is pretty good. Hey, uh, Dion played in Atlanta for the Falcons and the Atlanta Braves. The NHL is kicking the tires on going back there again? Are you kidding me? I've missed this. 
Are you yeah, no, no. There, there, there's, there's talk. Like Dil, Bill Daly had said, you know, there are scenarios where we could go back there because we look at the Atlanta Braves model, and it's all about where the Braves stadium is now. They weren't selling out before uh, till they moved to this new stadium, and then this new developer maybe wants to build kind of like a Daryl Cates, what he did in Edmonton, and put a rink, an eighteen thousand seat rink, in a great area. So I just would they would they seriously go back there again? I, I can see them doing it under that circumstance, but let me tell you, like, let me just give you some reality to the situation. Of course, the NHL would consider it if, one, there's an owner, two, there's an owner willing to pay an expansion fee, three, there's an owner who's willing to pay an expansion fee and willing to build an arena in one of the biggest markets. Where Bill Daly is so flawed, Ballsy, is that everybody's going to Atlanta games because the baseball team in Atlanta is the best baseball team in the big leagues and has been for a long time. Won the World Series in 21. The first team to clinch a division this year. They are a powerhouse. They're a juggernaut. And look, what's the knock on the Coyotes? Or what's that? What's forever been the knock on the Coyotes? That they're nowhere near downtown. They're in the middle of nowhere. Well, guess what? That's where the baseball team in Atlanta is with their third ballpark of our lifetime. Mm-hmm. There are, I, I've covered games there. They are nowhere near downtown Atlanta, but Hmm. they win. But they win. But they win. Hey, uh, I personally think this Mike Babcock story is a nothing burger. It's nothing to see. Nothing to see here. It was a uh, it was a podcaster that is popular in his own right, but didn't really do any digging. Just kind of put out a tweet that was or a text that was sent to him, and and now because of Mike's uh, past history, they got to look into it. But uh, yeah, I, I don't see it going anywhere. Do you? I don't. I actually think Babcock's trying to right some wrongs mm-hmm. and trying to show and tell players that he gives a bleep about them. And the way it was portrayed is likely nowhere near reality, but that's also the world we now live in where facts apparently don't, you know, seem to matter anymore. It's just a matter of, you know, mm-hmm. headlines and clicks and whatever. But I will tell you this, this is a reminder that Mike Babcock is on notice because of the stuff he actually did in Toronto, because of the things that didn't go well, because of how poorly he wasn't able to connect with his former players with the Maple Leafs. And because of that reputation, he's going to have to work his tail off a hell of a lot more um, just to earn the benefit of the doubt. So while... I think this is eventually going to blow away, probably sooner than later. Um, This isn't the end for Mike Babcock because everything for him is going to be under a microscope moving forward. Lastly, do your Vikings get their lunch handed to them tonight? I think so, and the old, like it's weird. I actually have a few question marks about the Eagles right now. Mm -hmm. I thought you know their their secondary is a bit of a mess. Um, they've just activated a receiver off the practice roster. So I'm not quite sure if they're there yet. But, Ballsy, there was something really interesting in the last week when the Eagles barely got by uh, the Patriots. Nick Sirianni sat there at the podium and he said, you know, maybe we need to play some of our guys in the, in the preseason, including our quarterback. We can have a guy basically park it in February and start back up in September and expect them to be playing at a high level. 
And if you look across the league mm-hmm. in week one, quarterback play was not strong almost across the board. Yeah. Purdy, ironically enough, a seventh round quarterback probably looked the best. I wonder if the byproduct of this past preseason is coaches ending up playing their guys in preseason just a little more. Just getting them a little bit of a lick because, yes, you want them healthy. That's the most important thing. But, man, there's a bunch of rust that builds up over the, uh, over the winter, and you got to knock some of that off. I agree, man. Hey, thanks for your time, man. Enjoy the, uh, the rest of your week, okay? Thanks, Balzi. Appreciate it. That is Coast to Coast with the Rash Madani for Smart Investing Solutions. We'll have a quick chat with Luke Molitor next in the sports cage for the Canadian Brew House on 620 CKRM. Time now for the Cage Clutch Performer on 620 CKRM. Low batting sixth tonight as he did last night. This ball in the air, center field. Varshow going back to the wall. Gone! Nathaniel Lowe with a three-run homer. And the Rangers make it a four-run fourth inning. That's the sound of the Texas Rangers daggering the Toronto Blue Jays last night, 10 to nothing. Nathaniel Lowe hit a three-run home run. And the Jays are trying to avoid a sweep tonight. That's all I really have to say about it. Nathaniel <laughs> Lowe is your sports cage clutch performer, ballsy for Nick's service in Emerald Park. Your local Massey Ferguson challenger, Rogator, Gleaner, and fan dealer. Give them a call at 781-2090. Our house is your house. Welcome inside the sports cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio 620 CKRM. It's seven eight one ten seventy seven ballsy. Yeah, you, the, yeah I'm, I'm getting it all yeah, crossed okay, up. That, we'll, we'll we'll equate that to like a time count violation. That's the okay. Blue Jays we'll, are messing yeah. my mind up. We'll move back five yards and start the segment over again. <laughs> uh, Luke Molitor joins us, my sidekick in the booth, best analyst in the business on the Western Pizza Hotline. They've got your food covered in the fall, like tonight. Once you scoop yourself up a Western Pizza, head on home and uh, check out the Thursday night game between Minnesota and the Eagles. Uh, you're going to put your money on the Vikings, aren't you? You talking to me? Yeah, you're going to put your money oh, on the man, Vikings. No, I'm, 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 I, my money's probably on the Vikings if I had any on the Viking on this game, just because Kirk Cousins is a Spartan. But more importantly, my money is on the Vikings because Justin Jefferson is, is one of my fantasy team hmm. um, guys. So, so I'm going to pull yeah. for uh, JJ getting getting all the football. Yeah, well, that would be that would be the way to go if they want to uh, beat the Philadelphia Plus, Eagles. Yeah. Plus, I hate the Eagles. Yeah, no, that's why I thought. Uh, yeah. By the way, Luke, has there ever been a worse home opener than what the Giants put on that field the other night against your team? What are you talking about? That was the best home opener. No, for seen. them. That I'm talking. No, I'm talking for a team on their home turf. That's an awful performance. Oh man, you know what? That's just the typical Giants. I heard that. Uh, I heard their head coach had a huge party uh, the night before the game. You know, to to ring in the the new football season and uh, nothing. You know what? Nothing. Nothing. You know, pleased me more than than watching the the New York Giants just go and just get absolutely ran through. That was that was a great game from start to finish. You yeah. know, they looked so it was funny seeing their confidence as they drove, you know, as they took the ball on the first drive and they and they got down a little bit. And then it was like, you know, the Dallas Cowboys said, Hey, all right guys, they're within field goal range. Let's let's try a little bit. And then they're like, okay, cool. And so they blocked the kick, took it back and then from there it was just your little brother, that's where you're always gonna be. Take this whooping. 
I love I love when the Cowboys win. Fans like you are the most arrogant in the world. I love it. It's hilarious. I love it. Hey, let's talk about this one now, man. I look at the roster here, and uh, looky, looky here. I don't think we can understate this enough. This is a remarkable return to the lineup by 37-year-old Philip Blake. Yeah, and and I like the return um, at the at the sixth, essentially the sixth O line spot. Right, might get him some work as a tight end. Right, just be ready to go. But uh, again, uh, we were really really excited about a guy like Philip Blake being re-signed in the off season. We were excited about getting him in there to play guard, and uh, and obviously he got injured in the exhibition season playing tackle. But uh, anytime you can get a guy like Philip Blake with his experience and his talent level back on the field is a it's a really good day. And for the riders. Obviously, you just want to sort of you want to see where he's at, and the reason why you need, unfortunately, you need the regular season to do that is because you just don't go at the level you go in a game during practice, right? You want mm-hmm. to simulate as many um, situations as you're going to see. You want to simulate which plays you're going to see from the defense and when you're probably going to see them. But there's no replacement for game speed and, more importantly, game impact up front. Yeah. So Deontay Williams is out with a hamstring injury, but the riders uh, a few weeks ago signed Tremaine Washington. Everybody's like, why are you signing a DB? We need an O-lineman. Well, a veteran defensive back who's been a ball hawk in his career. That's a nice addition against a good Edmonton receiving core. It's been it's been interesting sort of watching the narrative change as training camp um, finished, right? Your, your first thing is like, hey, why are we keeping four quarterbacks? Oh, never mind. <laughs> the next one is like, man, what? Of all the signings we expected to see at the DB, And all of a sudden, and I think that one of the things that people have to do, because we went out of our way um, to to take credit, uh, is you got to give credit to Jeremy O'Day at this point. He's brought in some some guys that have really helped, and more importantly, some of the other guys that he's brought in have have really been playing at a high level. So from a general manager's perspective, uh, even though some of those things were so easy to question, turns out... You needed it all along, which is which is great, which is exactly what you want out of a general manager, right? Mm-hmm. Is the ability to fill gaps um, that the team is perceived to have or may have, and put talent on the field so that your coaching staff can get everything out of it and win a great cup championship. Well, you're the guy that uh, before we let you go, and, and we'll have a lot to talk about tomorrow on the pregame show with your matchup and your uh, your keys to the game and everything like that, but you've been the guy that's been talking about, you expected a lot more out of Edmonton. Uh, their record doesn't show that, but the last three out of four games they've won, so this will not be a free space in the bingo card. Not that we should expect that because the Riders squeaked two victories out against them mm-hmm. earlier this year. Yeah, so uh, all along I've said, like, look, uh, the the first year is going to happen with Edmonton, whatever. You got to – I've actually thought – you're right, Ballsy. I, I, I predict – I think they're behind schedule. They're probably three or four games behind schedule as to where they want it to be. But the problem is is that, you know, you're walking into the final third of the year now, and, and whether they were behind schedule or not, they're not behind anymore. They're right where they want to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a quarterback that's playing really effective. You know, it's really interesting. I was, I was looking at some numbers. There's, so Trey Ford, since he started, 
Do you want to know who the only quarterbacks who have engineered more scoring drives than Trey Ford since he started playing? No, who? Well, I'm going to tell you. It's the guy in Toronto, right? Mm-hmm. And it's the um, reigning most outstanding player. Those are the only two quarterbacks that have manufactured a higher percentage of scoring drives since since um, Trey Ford's been playing. And that's fantastic. So, again, they're playing at a high level. They're a physical football team. They play with speed. And some of the things that I like about them, for instance, they're very different from, from let's say, a BC, is, is they can manufacture quarterback pressure one-on-one. They don't need to rely on, on the blitz as much. They don't need to rely, right? Like yeah. They, if, if you tell A.C. Leonard, hey, look, man, we need a play from you here, he can go and get that by himself. You don't have to twist him or stun him. So they have some really unique aspects to them. I think they're playing well, and it's a great test at home. And, and thankfully, Ryder Nation, I think that's, that's the one positive we can um, take from all of this is we're back at home. Let's defend this house. Absolutely. Can't wait to get on the air with you tomorrow, Luke. It's always fun being in the booth with you. Have a good rest of the night. Go Vikings. <laughs> yeah, anybody but anybody but the Eagles. Yeah, that's right, and, and <laughs> that's right. Arrogant cowboy fan out. <laughs> that's uh, Luke Molitor joining us in the Western Pizza Hotline. We'll hear from Chris Jones uh, coming up uh, before five o'clock. We also will uh, hear from Ben Whiting. Play now picks. You're listening to the Sports Cage for the Canadian Brew House on six twenty CKRM. 432 with the sports ticker for Bronco Plumbing and Heating, where professional service is guaranteed. They will treat you right. Just give them a call at 781-2090. The Blue Jays trying to avoid a sweep tonight at the hands of the Texas Rangers. Kevin Gosman gets the start on the hill. He has a pretty nice record so far this season. 11-8, 3.28 ERA, 5.07 p.m. opening pitch from Rogers Center. The Sports Cage is your voice for football, not only in the province, but around Canada. This is the Sports Cage CFL Report, a look at what's happening in our three-down game. Let's go, spread right, fake spear, play pass, 16 counters, ZD bank. Pull back west, right, zoom, pull back left, pass half back at zero, Z quick swing left, on one, right through. And our CFL report every day is brought to you by Kevin's Marine. Check them out in Fort Capel or online at kevinsmarine.com. Well, quarterback Trevor Harris, who's been out since mid-July with a broken right knee, addressed the media yesterday to give us an update on his progress. Will we see him back on the field this year? In terms of return to play, it's a pretty lengthy rehab, but um, yeah, today like was able to to jog over five miles an hour on the underwater treadmill and um, I'm jogging on land. Did some backward sled walks with 150 pounds, forward sled marches with 150 pounds and um, yeah, I mean, doing single leg squats and whatnot. So elated with where I'm at, but uh, still a ways to go. Exciting things ahead for sure. You know, I feel like I've, I've tried to circle dates, tried to think about when I could be back, but I think that has kind of taken away from just being in the now and just conquering one day at a time. So <clears throat> do I, I honestly don't know. Um, I'll meet with the surgeon on Sunday to kind of track my progress, and then I think I'll see him again within a week or so. And uh, from there, I think we'll be able to kind of develop a timetable around them. But I know within, you know, under two weeks now, uh, we plan on doing some field work. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at SportsCage. Now back to the action on Sports Radio 620 CKRM.
Thursday show is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. They got a great outdoor patio and lots of great food specials, including those candlestick fries that my buddy Blaine Wyland and I loved a few weeks ago there watching CFL football. We're going to talk a little CFL football, but U Sports football as well. And we got our buddy Ben Whiting from PlayNow.com, former U of S Husky player. He's a coach now with the Huskies and he's also a former CFLer and he works for PlayNow. Let's get to U Sports first. A nice victory over the University of Regina Rams and you've got the U of A coming in here and they're off to a pretty decent start. Yeah, no kidding. It's, uh, it's been a, it's been a whirlwind of football for myself and obviously with you too, Mike. But yeah, it was a great game last week and now we're, ready to take on a pretty physical and polished up uh, Alberta Golden Bears team this week. Speaking of polished up, your defense has uh, 10 returning starters and and, a, and depth at linebacker. That must make a guy like you smile. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you kind of learn the game within the game uh, with when you have that depth. You're just able to rotate guys and there's no drop-off between your starters and your second strings. And guys stay fresh, not only for the game, but throughout the season. And uh, you start to see that towards the end of the game here with the teams wearing down and us being able to rotate guys in. And it's also good for development to the back-end guys as well. All right, before we get to uh, your in-game picks here in the CFL with the Riders and the Elks, uh, I don't know if you've been a part of on the on the wrong side of a blow that the Riders experienced, but uh, how do you think this team comes back here? They they had a similar situation earlier this year with Montreal. They got smoked. That was different because I think the Riders only had one practice and they were going on a short week. There's really no excuse for getting hammered by Winnipeg except for that the Bombers were up for this one and the Riders didn't match their intensity. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it's a tough situation and obviously getting blown out sucks and all that sort of stuff, but really playing a game in back-to-back weeks, I don't want to make excuses. I mean, at the end of the day, these are uh, professional football players and all that sort of stuff, but it's tough going on the road, hostile environment, all that sort of stuff. Just played them last week, emotional game for the Rough Riders, pulling out an upset victory, and then they get blown out. By the way, I don't mean to toot my own horn there, but I said the game would start with some sort of gadget. I did say it was on offense, but they did a sky ball to start the game, so mm-hmm. I felt like I kind of knew what I was talking about there on the opening kick. Yeah, you were absolutely right. And yeah, what, that game could have been different had Jake Dolagala completed that touchdown pass to Key and Schaefer Baker. Even something that simple gets in the Bombers' heads, but uh, didn't turn out that way. Okay, so totally. Jamal Morrow has been good, but he hasn't been great. Do you have a bet as it relates to Jamal Morrow in this game? Because I feel like he has to have a, a pretty solid game if the Riders are going to hold off the Elks here in this contest. Totally. And I'm glad you asked, Mike. Uh, if you head over to the playnow.com sportsbook, uh, there's a couple of interesting lines for Jamal Morrow. As you said, I'm good, not great. I, I mean, I think he's a really good running back in the CFL for sure. He's a, he's a bell cow guy. And what I like most about him is he's a threat out of the backfield, not just running the ball, but they're always trying to throw in the ball. He's running wheel routes. He's running alleys up the middle, and they're always trying to find a way to free him up. And to me, that coaching that tells me that coaching staff has a lot of faith and trust in him. So this is a bet that I think can hit at any given time, any given week, and it's the first touchdown scorer bet. So uh, Jamal Morrow's first on that list at 4.0 odds, which I think is really competitive odds. Um, for the first touchdown score of the game. And then at any time touchdown score, Jamal Morrow's at 1.26. So either of those bets, I think, are 
Obviously, it's never a sure thing when you're gambling, but I think that they could hit at any point. So Trey Ford is outstanding to watch, and there's two Canadians that love Canadians in the Canadian Football League, and you're closer to it than me because you're helping to build up the stars of tomorrow today. We're both happy to see Trey Ford excelling. Now, let's be honest. He's excelling as the best athlete on the field. The kid is amazing with his legs. I still wonder sometimes if he knows exactly what he's looking at defensively, and that will come as as he gets more uh, snaps behind center but uh, what about his passing I think if the Riders want to win this game they got to make Trey Ford beat him with his arm yeah for sure and then we're alluding to this line here the Trey Ford total passing yards uh, over under is 205.5 yards at 1.83 odds and I'm taking the under like you said I love the kid. I love the Canadian representation of quarterback in the CFL, but I just don't think it's sustainable the way that Edmonton's running the tread on this guy. I mean, you can't run the way that he has been running in a, for an entire season. It's just physically impossible. He's going to wear out at some point, so they got to help him out. So obviously, new quarterback has to have success early in order for him to you know stay in professional football. Um, I just think that there's no way he's going to keep relying on his legs, and I don't know if there's any way you can get over 205 uh, passing yards. So I'm taking the under on that one personally because I think Trey Ford has a tendency to rely on his legs. And that being said, the the Rough Riders defense, they have, definitely have something to prove this week. So they've been the, the strong point traditionally this season, and I hope that they can bounce back, keep him under 205 yards passing. All right, and speaking of passing, Jake Dolagala had a pedestrian 113 yards. In fairness to him, he wasn't on the field a lot. The Bombers were just scoring touchdowns left and right. I am hoping, as a rider, a play-by-play guy and fan, that they, he can have a bounce-back game. And it's interesting. He's early on in his career, but now we get to see, will he have a bounce-back game when everybody was subpar? Yeah, it's it's interesting for sure. It's, it's been a roller coaster for sure with the... The, the QB revolving door um, for the Rough Riders this year, obviously losing Trevor Harris and then Fine goes down, Dolagala, and and he was playing well. And I don't think that he's going to be uh, like struggling at any point. It was just a bad game they had last week. They they got to flush it. So with all that in mind, I was looking at the sports book yesterday and this morning, and I saw Jake Dolagala uh, total passing yards over under at one point five. So if you go at the over, over two touchdowns, all he has to do is score two touchdown, two touchdown passes through the air. Excuse me. Uh, at 2.05 odds, I'm thinking, wow, that's a pretty competitive line right there. Um, so I'm, I'm taking the over on total passing touchdowns. And that's not to say it's kind of been a sleeping dragon with the Rough Riders receiving core there. All those guys that have been playing outstanding this entire season, they're still there. They're still weapons for Jake to take the advantage of. And I think uh, over two touchdown passes are definitely within his wheelhouse. All right. And uh, NFL football tonight, the Minnesota Vikings at the Eagles. I think it was last year the Vikings played the Eagles right in this spot uh, early on in the year, and they got pumped by the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, the Eagles are the better team. Vikings coming off a humiliating home opening loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, on playnow.com, of course, you can bet NFL too, uh, for sure. So wh- what are we looking at for this game tonight? Anything uh, jump off the, uh, the, the site to you? 
Well, just off the bat, looking at the money line here, uh, the Philadelphia is pretty heavily favored right now. Yeah. Uh, with 1.39 odds to the Vikings, 3.05. Um, if you've been following along with the play now picks of the week here since the beginning of the the CFL season, you've probably looked at a couple of the CFL games on the play now sportsbook. And there's only about, you know, 19 to 30 prop bets. Um, with that being said, with the market the NFL is, if you look at the prop bets, there's over 500 different prop bets for the Thursday nighter tonight. So there's tons of different things you can go and bet on. Uh, I haven't had the time to look at all of them, but wow. um, I think Minnesota is a better team that they let on to, to be in the first week. And I think this game's going to be a, a, a lot closer than uh, many people think. That being said, the Eagles is a pretty safe bet as well, especially at 1.39 odds. That's pretty competitive right and, there. And, Ben, that's what makes betting fun, and that's what it's about. It's about fun. It's not about getting life-changing money or spending, you know, betting life-changing or life-altering money to try to win. It's like, okay, uh, I'm going to see if the, you know, whatever, I'm going to see if the, the, the Eagles' third running back can get over 32.5 yards in the game. Like, something that you wouldn't think about and, and, and uh, you know, brings you that down that rabbit hole to watch. That's for sure. And I tell you what, last week would have been an excellent time to lay a little bit of uh, skin on in the game just with the blowout. That's the If you're doing that sort of thing in a blowout victory, all of a sudden it's a little bit enterta- more entertaining because mm-hmm. you're waiting for a, for a Jamal Morrow anytime touchdown score or a Tevin Jones over X amount of receiving yards. So it keeps it a little bit more entertaining in that aspect. Uh, and of course, like nobody's gambling to... Uh, to get rich or anything it's just supposed to be fun and if you choose to spend your entertainment dollars at playnow.com you can feel comfortable knowing that uh, you're supporting the province of saskatchewan it's the only legal and regulated online casino and sportsbook in saskatchewan so it's really kind of a win-win in that sense you get your entertainment and you also support the province so uh, how do they sign up if they want to do that quickly for sure so it's right in the name playnow.com just enter that into your mobile device or desktop or whatever you use to get on the internet. Uh, from there, you can join pressing the red join button in the top right-hand corner. Uh, then you can enter your personal information in four easy steps. Uh, enter your preferred method of uh, transactions to load your online wallet up. Then you got access to over 500 different slot games, our live casino and the PlayNow Sportsbook, which we've talked about at nauseum today. But a new announcement, we have launched our PlayNow.com Sportsbook app. So if you go to the mm. Apple App Store, it's only on iOS right now, head to the Apple App Store and type in PlayNow Saskatchewan. It's right there. You can download download the PlayNow Sportsbook um, today on any iOS device. And, of course, if you're choosing to gamble, we ask that you're obviously over the age of 19 and you use your game sense. Make sure we're keeping gambling fun. Ben, thanks for your time. Enjoy the games and enjoy that game, Huskies versus uh, the Golden Bears. Will do. Appreciate you having me on, Mike. Thanks again. The Kings of Saskatchewan Sports Talk. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. All right, let's get on the Western Pizza Hotline. Say hi to our friend. Brian Raymond out at Flowing Springs. Brian, how are you? 
I'm doing great. Great, man. So the weather is uh, beautiful. we got a great weekend in store. Uh, the Ryder game on Friday. People want to hang around if they're in town. They can, uh, And they're in town for the weekend or an extra day. They can pop by Flowing Springs and play some golf. You know what? That's absolutely right. All they have to do is give us a call. We'll get them on the golf course. Uh, we are taking bookings for the weekend, of course. And, uh, every, and we should talk about some of our specials every day mm-hmm. after 3 o'clock. It's $35 to come out and play the golf course. After 5 o'clock, only $19 to come out. It's walking only, but $19, and you can you can still get nine holes in easily at this point in time. I don't know how much longer that's going to be, but you know how that goes. Yeah, no kidding. It's uh, It comes to an end every year, and every year we say the same thing. But it, it's been a pretty good year on the golf course, I would say. It has been a very good year. The weather has cooperated for the most part. We have a good source of water here, so the course has always been in good shape all the way through the season. And, uh, you know, one of the specials that we should talk about, Michael, as well, is on Mondays and Wednesdays, if you're a senior or a lady, if you don't know about this, it's $32 to come out and play the golf course. And, you know, we haven't forgotten about you if you're neither a lady or a senior. Mm. It's only $42 on Monday and Wednesday. And don't forget, we have this great, fantastic driving range. I know a few folks are still out practicing and uh, trying to iron the kinks and uh, maybe take out some frustration. Yeah, I think take out some frustration is the best way to put it, Brian, at least from my perspective. If they want to get a hold of you, how do they do it? All you have to do is give us a call at 306-543-5050 and you can book online at flowingspringsgolf.com. Who do you got tomorrow, riders or elks? Hey, gotta go riders. Come sorry, on. sorry, that was a dumb question. How 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 big will the riders win tomorrow? Oh man, that's a tough one. Um, I'm gonna say they're gonna win by a touchdown. Wow, that would be bucking a trend, man. Because in the last, check this out, last three meetings have been decided by one, four, and two point margins. The last eleven games have gone down to the final three minutes. Thirty-one. Do you not, do, do you not think we're due? Uh, we're, we're due, but they're due too because we, we, we kind of swiped two games from them. It's going to be an interesting game and you get to watch that great Canadian quarterback, Trey Ford, too. Yes, exactly. He is, but he is something, isn't he? Isn't he? Uh, take care, Brian. Thanks, man. Have a great weekend and go Riders. Go Riders. Brian Raymond out of Flowing Springs. Yes, how will Chris Jones' defense? We're talking about that quarterback. How about our own? Our quarterback, Jake Dolagala, has not thrown a turnover via the interception. He's fumbled some, but he hasn't thrown an interception in 117 straight passes, so he's doing a great job there not hurting the football team. Here is Chris Jones. Uh, well, this is the, the third time we've been you know, back in this situation and uh, second time this year, so uh, we, we, you know, we, we enjoy playing here. It's a place where they love football, and it's fun to go somewhere to compete against uh, a very well-coached, solid football team. Since last time you guys have been here, though, you guys seem to have found your stride a little bit. What do you think that's a credit to? Well, I mean, again, uh, you got to give a lot of credit to, to Trey and uh, to our offensive staff. They've uh, they've done a real nice job of continuing to stay on the field and generate yards and points. And uh, and then again, you've got to give a lot of credit to our football team. They they're very resilient. Uh, they work extremely hard. The locker room is strong, and uh, it's been fun to watch in the, the development. You'll also be facing a new quarterback uh, on the other side. Uh, what does Jake Dolagala bring, and, and what do you think his strengths are? Well, I mean, take away? Tre- tremendous arm strength. He's got great confidence in what he does. He, he, he knows he can make every throw physically. And, uh, and he moves around much better than, uh, than what you think for, for a big guy. 
Chris, what have you seen in the evolution of Jason Shivers as a defensive coordinator? Obviously, learned from under you, and he's kind of really made this defense his own in these few years. Yeah, there's no doubt. Shives is an outstanding football coach, and he's friends with a lot of the guys on our staff. We're, we're very close, uh, he and I personally. And uh, just like with Brent Munson last week, I mean, you know, I know those guys extremely well. Really good people, uh, great football coaches, but even better people. How have you seen it kind of as you prepare for his defense? It evolved from maybe what you ran back in the days when you were here. Yeah, uh, it, it's similar. And, you know, what we do is similar also, you know, in the coverage aspect, the front aspect. Uh, they, they've got some really strong, you know, front seven guys. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're beat up a little bit in the secondary right now, you know, but uh, when he's got his crew together, they're tough. His name comes up when people talk about head coaching vacancies and stuff, a good young coach. What would maybe make him a good head coach if he decides to go to do that? Well, same thing that's made him, you know, like I mentioned earlier, I mean, he's uh, not only is he a great football coach, he's a good person. And I think that's what it takes to, in order to, to be a good football coach. you got to have, uh, you know, the personal relationships are important. And you're against him on opposite sidelines, but is there a sense of pride when you see a guy who you kind of brought up in the coaching ranks really find his stride and, and become a really great defensive coordinator in this league? Yeah, I mean, anytime. I mean, of course, just about every every team has somebody that's worked, you know, uh, with me, alongside me, or for me, and that type of thing. So it, it's awful fun to come and, and you get to see him once, once twice a year, and, it, and it's fun to compete against him. You've won three in the last four, kind of in a turning point for your team. Trey Ford's been a big help to that. Is it kind of one or two specific things that you can point to to help you guys turn the tides lately? Well, I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, he's he's able to move around awful well. I mean, we knew he was a great athlete coming out. And when I went to the Buffalo uh, tryout and I got to see him throw for the first time in person, you know, I called J-Jack on the phone. I told him, I'm like, hey, man, we need to pull film on this guy and watch him because he can make all the throws physically. And, uh, you know, and and sometimes he'll, he'll make you scratch your head and then there's other times where it's like, wow, you know. So, uh, but he's, he's uh, still in development. Uh, he's done a real nice job. He's a leader. He, he loves to compete. He's, uh, he's a He's a very big competitor, uh, and he's used to winning. You've been back here at Mosaic Stadium a couple of times already, but is it still a different type of feel when you come here for a game, or is it just another game? Well, I mean, it's been big even when when this stadium wasn't built. When you came here uh, first time in 2002, uh, you could tell that people love playing, you know, or coaching and and being around football. Uh, the fans they know football, they know when to when to be loud and when not to be loud, and you know they're educated in football, and uh, and and it's fun to go into that environment. When I talked to you earlier this year, you talked about how many young guys you had. I think that one that you may have mentioned, 25 young guys. <laughs> uh, the way the play team has been playing now, is that an indication on how they've developed over the past two months? Well, you'd like to think so, you know, and the more they play, you know, you would hope that they'll make fewer and fewer mistakes. Uh, I think we're, we've got like 12, 13 rookies with us this time and another seven or eight second-year players. and. You know, Trey himself is a second-year player, so we've got a lot of young young kids on our team, and and uh, sometimes it's it's frustrating, and other times it's it's fun to see them, you know, make a play and develop. So when Trey started 
four games ago. Uh, I, was he with a limited playbook, and now that's expanded as he's gone forward, or did he have the whole playbook? No, you know, our, our, we we give all of our guys the playbook. You know, we certainly are going to try to run the plays that that they're more efficient at, and they they maybe they uh, are better at running that type of thing. But uh, it's not like he he didn't understand the playbook. So I don't ever want that to be something that's uh, misconstrued. You know, they Trey is a very intelligent player. I mean, he started last year, you know, for us, and uh, unfortunately he got nicked up and couldn't play the rest of the year due to injury. And uh, he's, but like I say, I mean, all of our guys have the entire playbook. I've, I've always liked Chris Jones. Love his accent. He's a smart football coach. There's no doubt about that. Sometimes I think he's bites off too much, but can say that about other coaches too. It's going to be an interesting matchup here tomorrow. Riders and the Edmonton Elks. When we come back, we'll hear from Glenn Suter. He's going to move up a half an hour due to just uh, you know things going on in his uh, scheduling world. We'll also have picked the score and we'll wrap up talking NFL with Tyler Dunn from GoLongTD.com. You're listening to the Sports Cage for the Canadian Brewhouse on 620 CKRM. Sports Talk lives here. Welcome to another hour of the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball. Every time Saskatchewan gets in second or long, they've been bringing Glenn Suter up on the outside. Sometimes they blitz him, sometimes they don't. But when he's blitzed, he's had success. And it's picked up by Suter. He runs it out of It's time for press coverage as former writer greats and veteran CFL football broadcaster Glenn Suter shares his unique and passionate perspective about the league we love with Rider Nation. Press coverage with Glenn Suter brought to you by Quality Tire with nine locations in Saskatchewan. Check them out at qualitytire.ca. Uh, Glenn has just arrived in Regina. He's settled into his hotel, getting ready for uh, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and the Edmonton Elks tomorrow. Suits, thanks for taking time. Um, is is, is travel? Yeah, we'll get to the game in a second. Is is yeah? Travel gets on my nerves, and I do the charter. I can't imagine what it's like for you. Yeah, it's it's the part, especially with the uh, airlines sort of going through some some rough patches here, and um, you know some cancellations and and the the worry that when you have two games in two nights that you might miss your next flight or they might cancel it is uh, that's a bit of a burden. But hey, no no complaints. Lots of people have it much tougher. Oh yeah, I love my job. I love this game matchup, and uh, I'll live with the travel. You know what I mean. Yeah, what's the but what's the closest call you've had? Have, has there been a planes, trains, and automobiles moment? Yeah, we had to. Um, uh, it was a back to back. We started in Winnipeg, and the next day was Regina, and we had to actually because of a cancellation, we had to rent a car, <laughs> have the car drive us after the game. So I think we got into Regina. We drove from Winnipeg to Regina all night long. And then got in the next day and tried to get a quick nap and then uh, off to the game, which was, I think, an afternoon start, like a, a late afternoon start. So it was it was a bit of a tight turnaround. That's funny. Uh, Suits, uh, this game is worth the price of admission for so many reasons, but let's start with the uh, Waterloo quarterback, Trey Ford. He's generally the best athlete on the field. I'm real interested to see how the riders contain this guy. If you're on defense, how do you make this guy beat you with his arm? Because I think that's what you got to do. He's still trying to figure it out as a passer of the football. 
Yeah, yeah. And, you know, he's shown that he can do that. But, yeah, that's exactly, I think, how you approach it is to make sure you take away his his strength, which is obviously him just making people miss in the in the pocket and, you know, being able to bounce out and just put so much stress on the on the secondary. Because once you get outside of the containment as as a quarterback, you are really putting it making it tough for the DBs because you can't you either stay in your coverage or you come up and help on the run and either way you're wrong if the quarterback's on point so yeah take away that now the way you'd have to do that is either widen anthony lanier and pete robertson who will be back in the lineup or uh you have to bring linebackers up to secondary contain when you do that you're avoiding zones behind it so we'll see what type of matchup they get the other the other way you can do it michael and i sure you saw this when uh, dustin crumb played against calgary and they had a spy on him. So, you know, you, you take like a C.J. Revis, for instance, mm-hmm. and he just mirrors wherever Trey Ford rolls, half rolls, whatever. He gets close to the line of scrimmage. He mirrors his movements, and then as soon as he takes off, he is cued to go and activate it to go and make the tackle. The, the problem with that technique against this guy is, I'm sure no matter who the tackler is, Edmonton would love the one-on-one matchup because Trey is such a great athlete. I mean, he is so quick and so fast that I, I you know, I'm not sure even the best linebackers or DBs can always track him down. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. Hey, what are you seeing from Jackson Ford's game that you like on defense? We know what he did in the Labor Day game. It's one for the ages, uh, kind of up there with the Brett Lothar walk off into the uh, uh, pill country, except this was a local guy doing it. But I really loved in that blowout loss that he his compete level was still high. You know he's trying to turn some heads. He He doesn't care about his body, so why would he care about yours? That's kind of how I describe it. You know, he, he does a lot of things in the, in the limited playing time and, you know, seeing him last week and watching a little bit. And, you know, I focus on that position a little bit more because uh, honestly, the, the quarterback, whomever it is, is trying to throw away from the safety. So if the safety's playing right and strong and, and is in his, uh, you know, executing his assignment, the quarterback will usually go away from that area. And that's kind of what Zach did because I think I even mentioned in the telecast about halfway through that I thought that they would really try to isolate Jackson Ford with an over and under kind of look like a dig across the middle at about 15 yards and then behind it run a post that's at about 30 yards. And you make, you make the safety make a decision. If he comes up on the shorter route, you throw it behind him. If he stays back on the deep one, you throw it in front of him. So I, I thought that Zach would do that, and he really didn't. I, I think because he played so well and so consistently that – you know, Zach just played it like he was a normal veteran safety, which is a compliment to Jackson Ford. Mm-hmm. Now, the only thing I said, I saw a couple of times that I would talk to him, if I were, if I were coaching him up, I would talk to him and say, if you're going to play like a cover two look or something like that, where you're out of the middle, but you're still deep, don't give it away too soon. I, I think at times, because he wanted to be so assignment sound, he would line up almost in his responsibility rather than kind of move to it and make the quarterback make a decision on the fly rather than a pre-snap decision. So I would just say, you know, hold on to your normal spot a little bit longer and then go to your half field or wherever you have to go in your responsibility. You want to know how Michael Ball, how you know Michael Ball was a fan of the CFL? Like, I had to stick around for that game last week because I'm the voice of the team, so I have to watch every play, right, and describe it, good or bad. 
As a 14-year-old boy, or almost a 14-year-old boy, I remember sitting watching the Rough Riders get humiliated by the Bombers 56 to nothing there. Uh, I watched every miserable second of that. That would have been in your time frame. Did you play in that game? What do you remember about that game, man? That was awful. You know, I, I honestly, and I was talking to our TV crew before the Banjo Bowl this year, saying how tough this game is for the Riders every year. And I mentioned that game, the 56 nothing, And I have spent a lifetime trying to forget it. Uh, honestly, it feels like you you try to eliminate those from your mind. But, you know, whether you're, you know, accepting an accolade or you're standing at a new job interview and they're asking you about your, your football pass, that is is always in your mind like you can't get rid of the bad ones and I, I don't I don't know maybe it's just me maybe it's just the way my mind works but they're awful they're absolutely awful you you feel like you've let down your team you feel like you're let down the, the province and every rider fan and you know you just couldn't stop the snowball rolling downhill but I don't know, Michael. I don't know how to tell you that that you know you you all we often ask: Does the athlete remember all the good times, like hoisting the cup? Sure, but which ones really are the battle? It's those bad ones, and that was one of them. It was the worst loss I've ever experienced in at any level of football. So that leads me into this question: There's there's something we call in this game intangibles, and in the world of betting, you're like, okay, this guy runs this way between the tackles, this many yards, he he this depth, he throws it this much, his success rate. But there's one thing you can't measure: it's effort and it's pride. I'm expecting both of those from the Rough Riders as a team, but in particular. Uh, for uh, from a Jason Shivers defense, because uh, because there's nothing like getting smoked and having your pride questioned. Yep, you're absolutely right, and uh, I won't name any names, but there were a few plays that I noticed um, that there could have been better effort late in that game when it was a blowout. Um, you know, I I I won't name the guys that I saw, and I certainly wouldn't point them out on TV. But there were some plays that I thought mm, that really wasn't the effort I think they're looking for. And I, you know, it doesn't matter what it says on the scoreboard. It really doesn't. It should never change your approach. Now you're human. So you have to fight feeling just frustrated and disappointed. And, you know, that, you know, all those feelings that cause self doubt and you have to fight against those. But what you can control every single play is your effort, your pride, like you said. And honestly, there weren't a lot. I think for the majority, the guys still played hard till the end. But there were a couple, and uh, again, don't want to name names, but there were a couple of times I thought that could be pointed out by the coach, and that's a problem because mm-hmm. it looked like that was a, 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 you know, that was a time that they mailed it in. Now, here, the reason I bring that up was because when you go back and look at the at the video as an athlete, forget about what the coaches tell you. Just as an athlete, you go back and look, you'll know those plays. And it should embarrass you. And if it doesn't embarrass you as an athlete, then you're in the wrong business. But I think it will, and I'm with you. I think you're going to see a tremendous effort 
from both sides, all three phases uh, from from the Riders. Yeah, this is a good game, man. The Edmonton Elks aren't as bad as their record uh, indicates, and I've been saying that for a long time, ever since the Riders got away with that Rouge victory back here uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, Edmonton, uh, you know, they owe the Riders uh, one or two because the Riders got away with a couple of victories, and the Rough Riders with a win here, this is almost... uh, on the verge of a playoff clinching game. They can finish off Edmonton and really be ahead of Calgary with some breathing room here. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I know that we are going to focus in big time on the matchup between, you know, Jason Shivers and, and how he schemes up against Trey Ford. That's going to be a key matchup. But you know how who can really contribute to Saskatchewan winning that matchup? Jake Dolagala. Jake Dolagala stays on the field. He puts drives together like he did two weeks ago in the Labor Day weekend game. And that keeps Trey Ford right on the bench. And once, you know, you do that, you're putting points on the board, plus you're keeping their offense off the field. So that, that's going to be part of it. And, he, you know, he might just fly under the radar with all the talk about Trey coming in and Dola Gala might just have a big game. Glenn Suter, can't wait to see you in the booth. Tomorrow should be a good one. Uh, enjoy your evening, bud. Thank you, Michael. You're listening to the radio home of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Who wants to pick the score? Go to that game tomorrow. Riders, Edmonton Elks. 7.30 kickoff, pregame show 4.30 here on Rider Radio 620 CKRM. 936-6262 or 1-866-767-0620. Got to call in. Give me the score. We'll go from there. But you can't have one for the last 90 days. we got to listen and we're checking it twice like Santa Claus. Like Santa Claus. Uh, before we get to your calls, we got to hear from Tremaine Washington. They signed this guy. He was with the Red Blacks in camp. He led the CFL in interceptions with five in that 14-game COVID-shortened uh, season in 2021. So... Um, Tremaine Washington will make his first start for the Rough Riders in the secondary, wearing number 28 in place of the injured Deontay Williams. And here's what uh, Tremaine Washington had to say. Uh, it feels good. It's exciting to uh, finally, you know, be up. It's been a little minute, but, you know, I'm ready. What's it like just having to kind of wait for an opportunity again, even though you've played some games in this league before? Um, it's kind of frustrating, you know, just having to wait. You know, wait your turn and just having to stay in the weight room, come out here and practice, run around, you know, just stay in shape. But, you know, when you finally get your name called, you got to be ready to perform. How big of an opportunity is it to just get it started again for you and show what you can do? Oh, it's a big opportunity. Um, Going against, you know, a good team, you know, good quarterback. So it's always good to go against some good competition and, um, you know, my um, old team. Is it difficult at all to develop chemistry in terms of communication with the rest of the secondary? Uh, well, I've been here for a couple of weeks now, so and I practice with the ones. I, I've been practicing with the ones every uh every day since I got here. So, um, we're we're good. We're good. Uh, they they talk to me pretty good. In terms of for, for Ryder fans, how would you describe yourself as a DB? Uh, playmaker. I'm gonna touch the ball. Um, I was six games left. I see myself touching the ball a lot um, while I'm here, while I'm playing. As a DB, how, how much do you have to keep an eye on Trey Ford? Obviously, he's, he can do it with his arm, but, but when he gets out of the pocket, he can do it with his legs as well. Yeah, well, in a, um, as a DB standpoint, um, you got to keep your eyes on your man. And when you're in man and when you're in zone, 
you got to find, you know, an open receiver because when he's running with the ball, he's looking down the field trying to find an open guy. He's very good at that, like just, you know, keep it moving with his legs, and as soon as he's about to get tackled, he'll find somebody that's open. So that's a that's a good quarterback. How excited are you to play in front of uh, Ryder Nation first game in, in front of these fans as a member of the Green and White? Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I mean, I've been to all the games, the home games, so um, I know it's going to be packed. Um, I just did a community service out here, and it was a uh, fun playing with the kids. I'm hoping to see a lot of kids out here come to the game. I'm just ready to put on the show. How important is it uh, to not let like the emotions first start, home crowd to really really uh, take over and kind of just calm down once the game starts? Um, I don't know. I I, I just I'm, I'm in it. Like I put my headphones on before the game, listen to my you know my playlist, my music. Um, make sure I um, chop it up with all the other DBs before the game starts. And it's just, I'm, I'm used to it. Like, it's, it's game time. The fans are going to be loud. I'm used to it. What's on that playlist? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot of songs. Um, first, when I first, you know, leave the, um, my house, play something smooth. But once it starts getting close to game time, it's, it's a whole lot of, I don't know, banging and, <laughs> you know, hardcore stuff. So. All right, so that is Tremaine Washington, number 28, gets a start in the secondary for the Rough Riders, former Louisville Cardinal at the University of Louisville. That's where Lamar Jackson went to school. Let's head out in the Western Pizza Hotline, say hi to Paul Ostring, who's hanging off a roof. Paul, you're a roofer, I take it, I hope. No, I'm not. I'm just putting siding on my house right now. Oh, okay, well, let's not distract you. I don't want any injuries coming back on me. So you've already got two tickets to the Edmonton Elks Riders game here tomorrow. You have to tell me what the score is going to be, though. 22-18 Saskatchewan. I don't, I, I don't mind that. Go ahead. Hopefully field goals. All oh, field goals. Oh, I hope not. I like to call well, touchdowns. I'll be a touchdown, but then the rest will be field goals. Okay, you're getting really detailed. I like it. So here's what happens. If you pick the right score or closes without going over, we will give you a $200 gift card to Sastel because it's Sastel Pick the Score. And then if, you're, uh, if you've got that far, we throw your name in for a chance to sit in a suite and watch a game with three others next year, okay? I just want the suite. Okay. <laughs> well, it starts by the. We hope you'll take the tickets because we need everybody to cheer on the riders tomorrow. I'll be. I'll be there. I'll go. I'll go get them right away tomorrow. Okay, man. Thanks. Appreciate that. Thanks, Paul, for listening. We do appreciate it. Coming up, we've got uh, news, pad chat, and we'll check in with Tyler Dunn. Tyler Dunn, uh, NFL writer. We got some great topics tonight. It's a big Thursday night game. Uh, Week number two, it is, it's the first Thursday nighter from, no, second Thursday nighter because Kansas City lost to Detroit. It is the game between the Minnesota Vikings and Philadelphia Eagles. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM for the Canadian Brew House. Your hard work, it allows the world to feed itself every day. Your rye, your wheat, and your barley, your flax, lentils, and beans. Millions and millions of people need you to be out there so while the world is relying on you this harvest you can always rely on us eBarasa and Sons if you need anything this busy harvest season we'll be there eBarasa.com 
Schwartz ticker is for Busy Bee Overhead. Busy Bee will repair or replace your residential or commercial garage door so you don't get stuck in or out. Catch the buzz. Busy Bee Doors, the garage door specialists. The Toronto Blue Jays are winning a baseball game. It's the top of the second right now. And hey, check this out. Vladdy Guerrero Jr. hit a two-run homer in the bottom of the first. So Vladdy heard us earlier on in the show, you know, talking some smack about him. He heard us. He hit a home run. I see you, Vladdy. So it's 2-1 Toronto, top of two. Already mentioned Thursday night football tonight. The Philadelphia Eagles at home versus the 0-1 Minnesota Vikings. Kickoff for that one is slated for 6:15. Let's head ringside and check in with the oldest major junior hockey team in Canada. This is Pat Chat from your official voice of the Regina Pats, 6:20 CKRM. Pat Chat is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. You can check out their great patio while the summer still hangs around and have all the sports you want under one roof. Like tonight, the Thursday night football matchup between Minnesota and Philadelphia. They got a great menu, too, with the jalapeno poppers and the, oh, those candlestick fries that uh, Blaine Weil and Sean Kleisiger and I love. The Saskatoon Blades defeated the Regina Pats 6-2 last night on Brand Center Ice. The teams were tied at two midway through the third period. Saskatoon scored four unanswered goals, one of those being an empty netter. Tanner Howe and Ty Spencer scored the only goals in the Regina loss. The Pats finished their preseason schedule Friday when they travel north to face the Raiders in Prince Albert. They begin their regular season on the road against the Wheat Kings next Friday. And their home opener is next Saturday against those same Saskatoon Blades. And that's Pat Chat. The Sports Cage is your locker room pass. We're talking Riders on Saskatchewan Sports Radio 620 CKRM. All right, so uh, the depth chart's out. A couple of big changes. We talked about Tremaine Washington replacing Deontay Williams in the secondary as a halfback. Comes with a nice pedigree here in the CFL. Led the CFL in interceptions with five in the 14-game regular season in 2021. Was last with the Ottawa Red Blacks. They signed him the week they were headed out to Halifax. That was a long time ago, but at the time people were like, why are we signing a DB? We need a... We need a lineman, but it's it's proven to be a good move as the Riders run yeah. into more injury problems in the secondary. A bit of a double dip tomorrow night in the CFL, huh? Toronto and yeah. Montreal getting it going. I saw that Curly Gittins Jr., he's on the six-game injury list for the Toronto Argonauts, so that's a big loss for you know their offense. Yeah. But. And then, of course, so let's look at this here. Yeah, Curly's on the sixth game, and Cam Phillips is hurt too. Yeah. But they can afford it. I mean, when they, if they win this game, Montreal, they'll um, uh, I don't know. they'll absolutely be uh, home and cooled. That's Clint like Feast. almost half the schedule that they're going to have in front of them. That doesn't mean anything. Like yeah, that is that's crazy. I don't know if that's a good thing. Well, you. Uh, you can get some other guys in here now. We're resting some guys on the sixth game. Um, so in for the Rough Riders, Frankie Hicks and Nelson Lacombo, Tremaine Washington, Pete Robertson. Uh, Justin Herdman Reed, Philip Blake, and Evan Johnson. Out Deontay Williams, TJ Brunson, Brian Harry Lamana, Zach Fry, Logan Bandy, Bruno LaBelle, and Cody Roscoe. So that means Albert Awachi starting at fullback for the Rough Riders. Hickson's going to be backing up Morrow. Love to see Hickson get the ball a few times. Going to be very important for the Riders down the stretch to establish a running game because you can't win in the CFL playoffs and the weather gets colder if you can't 
consistently pound the rock or at least make it a threat. And then uh, Philip Blake comes back remarkably from uh, a torn pec muscle at the age of 37. It's a it's a long recovery. You thought his season would be over, but as you'll hear here coming up, he's a he's a quick healer. Now I will say this: I give a shout out to Jordan Butchko, the my buddy Brent Butchko, the former CFL lineman that or a, a linesman referee. That is his son, former uh, Regina Thunder player, doing great work in the surgical world here. Jordan Butchko, so tip of the cap to him. Here's Philip Blake. Um, it feels good. I mean, it's been a long uh, twelve weeks. Um, something you don't plan on going through, but. I mean, you understand it's part of the game, so just take it day by day and go from there. First time getting a chance to talk to you, what, what, what kind of happened? How did you suffer the injury and just what, what's it been like having to rehab? Um, just, well, I was trying to push a guy out and I guess my hand slipped and it kind of, I guess I felt a little pop, but um, in terms of rehab, it's been uh, it's been good. Um, it's one of a tricky injury. It's one of the things that might have happened previous years. It's kind of like a, like a redo kind of something that happened, um, but... It was a four-month recovery. It's been two and a half months. I got cleared in two and a half months, so I've been known to recover fast because the last time I was here in 18-19, I broke my leg mm-hmm. and came back and finished the season. So shout-outs to Dr. Bushko for you know, cutting me open and fixing me out two times. So I mean, the process is still the same and playing football. You're on as, as the sixth man this mm-hmm. week. Just kind of, well, What's that role? What do you have to do in that role? And how can you kind of help out this offensive line if called upon? I mean, if called upon, obviously I can play all five positions, right? So um, whatever happens, you know, within the game, you know, it's good to have someone that can play all five. Um, right, they have me at six, and, um, you know, whenever my number's called, I'm going in, right? I always stay ready, and I mean, just, you know, stay ready. Initially, were there concerns that it might be season-ending? Um, sorry, hold on. Um, I don't think it would be a season. To me, it wasn't going to be a season. I was going to come back regardless. Um, no, I didn't think it was going to be season. They told me from, from the jump that uh, you can come back towards the end of the year. So my goal was Banjo Bowl. I, mean, I missed it by one week, but it is what it is. To what do you attribute your quick powers of recovery? Um, I tell the guys I got Wolverine blood. <laughs> Instead of that, I'm Jamaican. One of the two. So I'll go with that. You can quote me on those. Two. market that. What, what have you seen from this offensive line group? You're a veteran in this league, and there's a lot of younger guys really kind of getting the first few handful of starts this year for in, in the CFL. Yeah, I mean, that's a good thing. I mean, yeah, there's going to be growing pains, learning pains, but that's the fastest way you learn. I mean, you go through games, you might lose a rep. I tell the guy, you don't lose, you learn, right? So, I mean, going through it, playing as many games as I had in this league, um, kind of like you've heard coaches correct guys, and when you see it, you kind of get in the guy's ear, younger guy's ear. So you don't make the same mistakes. I mean, I was a young guy, I made mistakes. So now that my role has changed, it's like shortening that learning curve for the younger guys so they can get the speed. What advice do you, do you give a team ahead of this game against the Elks? They've got some good defensive ends and they can get after quarterbacks. What do you kind of tell these guys I about? I mean, like we play offense line, it's, it's always going to be a fight. I tell the guys it's always a fight. Playing offense line, playing in the trenches, is the game within a game. So, I mean, I like to have fun knocking guys down, so I expect to see that. So. How do you think it will feel to come out of the tunnel tomorrow? Um, it's going to feel good. I mean, like I said, I love playing here. I, I tell guys, I mean, if there's one place to play in the CFL, it's Saskatchewan or Fridays. I won a great cup last year in Toronto. I tell the guys today, win a great cup. I won a great cup in my hometown, but winning it here will be a lot more special for your career. So I know how the fan base is here, and uh, I just feel like it would be special to win it here. 
can you describe uh, the past 12 weeks and just what you've been able to do? Because I understand you're still doing community work and mm. you're still representing the Saskatchewan North Riders. Yeah, that's one thing. I mean, towards the end of my career, I mean, early, early on in my career, I wasn't like involved with community. I was trying to you know, make a team and trying to stay in the roster. And once for me, I kind of figured that out. It was like, okay, let me give back because I was on the other, you know, other end of that. So I was talking to people, going to you know, health groups and health gatherings and healing gatherings out here in Saskatchewan. It was an eye-opening experience for me and uh, it's something good to do, right? So you know, I enjoy myself doing it. I mean, I could be in a room complaining I got hurt or do something, go out to community help. So that's what I did. Thank you. Thank you. That's Philip Blake. I'm actually uh, trying to get a hold of Jordan Butchko to do an interview. I know his dad pretty well. That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. Not to ask about anybody's injury history. He can't do that. Patient uh, doctor. Ask him if he can but, fix Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. But do just, that to be, up. just to be that talented with your hands, man. Mm-hmm. Crazy. How he got into it. How he knew he'd get into it. Did he always want to do it? So many questions there to answer, ask him. All right. So that's going to do it for... Uh, for me here, like right here now, when we wrap up the show on the other side, we're going to have a conversation with Tyler Dunn. And then tomorrow in an abbreviated sports cage, an hour and a half show before our pregame show, Riders and the Elks, 4.30 pregame show, kickoff 7.30. You're listening to the sports cage for the Canadian Brewhouse on 620 CKRM. Nobody covers your team like our team. This is the Sports Cage on the Mighty 620 CKRM. All right, if you're an NFL fan, you got to go subscribe at golongtd.com. We've had this guy on the show before. You can follow him on Twitter, at Ty Dunn, longtime reporter covering NFL things. And he's, you know, he started the uh, golongtd.com site, uh, you know, as a home to long-form journalism. And also in his bio on Twitter, it says he's likely listening to Coulter Wall. So we got a Saskatchewan tie in here. He's your favorite musician, hey? <laughs> By far, by far, it's not necessarily even close. I mean, I'm probably not telling your listeners anything they don't know, but Coulter Wall is, is basically the voice of God. <laughs> and I, I listen to Coulter. I mean, I'm, I promise I'm not pandering. Uh, every time I sit down to write a story, it's either Boney Bear or Coulter Wall. There's something about the the harmony and just the voice of an angel that just kind of puts the brain at ease and just gets those juices flowing. So I, I love yeah, it. Un- unbelievable, unbelievable show in Buffalo. And if I can just try to relay any message to Colter Wall, we, we on, 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 on bended knee, please come back to Buffalo again very soon. We will be there. Well, his dad, uh, Brad Wall, former premier of the province, big Rough Rider fan, big Raider fan. He uh, listens to the show regularly, so I'm sure he'll get the message. If not, I'll send it along to him. So let's talk, first of all, the big story coming out of week one is uh, Aaron Rodgers. Do you really think there's going to be a world where all the fields go grass here? I don't know. I mean... It, it, it should. I mean, it, it absolutely should. If this is what the players want, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think that says enough right there. But it's on the players to somehow think of this stuff when you're sitting down at the CBA negotiating table, right? I mm-hmm. mean, I, I usually agree with a lot of these gripes the players have, including the running back pay scale, all of that. But, man, you have the opportunity. Use your power when you're at that table. Fight for this stuff because, yeah, there's too many injuries. But I, I, who am I to say that? Aaron Rodgers' torn Achilles is the result of artificial turf, field turf, you know, whatever, whatever you want to call that, not real grass. 
Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like the way he was tackled and spun around and the fact that he's an old quarterback who can't move like he once moved, um, it seems like a convenient excuse in hindsight. I mean, if he's on natural grass, I I don't know. I'm, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the same exact thing when this happened. So it's, it's a talking point. It makes it fun to kind of dissect it all. But, hey, players, I mean, I, and I'm pro player as much as anybody, um, you know, Fight for this stuff, you know. Don't don't give it. Don't give an inch when you're at that table. Yeah. So Ty, you mentioned something there. He's an older quarterback. Tom Brady's uh, kind of got everybody into a false sense of security that you can play forever. And we saw at the end that it eventually does end with Tom Brady. Uh, I know Aaron Rodgers is talking about uh, coming back. At least his first Instagram post. It won't be easy coming back at forty from this type of injury, though. Absolutely not. I mean, you've got to be just a maniacal, intense competitor obsessed with winning to a Tom Brady level, a Kobe Bryant level. Frankly, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is driven the same way. I mean, that's no knock on him. There's there's a lot of guys like that, but I don't think he wakes up in the morning just obsessed with Super Bowls in the same way Tom Brady was. Uh, and, yeah, maybe he comes back and he plays, but also – Brady at this age was still playing at an elite level. I mean, the Aaron Rodgers that we saw in 2022 wasn't very mobile, wasn't very committed, you know, blowing off the offseason and, and not even really reading the field, not really wanting to work those young receivers in Green Bay. So, yeah, he sold us everything he'd want to, want to sell us on hard knocks. And may, maybe there was some genuine um, revitalization to his mind, mind, body, soul, and spirit, all that stuff, but – I don't know, at the end of the day, I don't, I don't think he's nearly as good as Tom Brady was at that age. So then you, you throw in the Achilles on top of that, you know, a year away from the sport. Gosh, I mean, maybe he does return, but if I'm the Jets, like, I mean, I guess you want him. I mean, you made that financial commitment. You're kind of all in on him anyways. I don't know if, I don't know why any NFL team would want a 40-year-old quarterback off a torn ACL who really wasn't that great the last time you saw him. That's a good point. Ty Dunn joining us here. Uh, NFL reporter does great work. Okay, so let's talk about, uh, you know, there's there's a couple of things not a lot of people are talking about after week one. One of them, that beat down by the Cleveland Browns over the Cincinnati Bengals. I know it was a rainy field, and you say some teams are other teams' kryptonite. If Deshaun Watson can continue to uh, improve, and I know he's, he's, he's into you know, a good chunk of his career. I don't know that he's particularly the greatest passer of the football, but they've got a lot of great pieces around him. I think the Cleveland Browns might be a sleeper team in the AFC. I, I totally agree, and shame on me for not recognizing it through March, April, May, June, because they took the necessary steps. I mean, they went out there and signed Juan Thornhill, signed Dalvin Tomlinson, traded for Zadarius Smith, brought back one of the best offensive lines in football. You have the best running back in football, Nick Chubb. Amari Cooper's a legit wide receiver one. I mean, also on that defense, I just kind of skimmed over the the best part, right? I mean, Miles Garrett, maybe a future Hall of Famer. Uh, Denzel Ward is a legitimate shutdown corner. Grand uh, Delpit, he, he was all over the field in week one. This game's loaded. I mean, so if Deshaun Watson can become Deshaun Watson again, the quarterback that we saw at his peak with the Houston Texans, this is a Super Bowl contender. That's a big if. I don't know if he'll get there. The, the, the field conditions and the rain and all of that um, were absolutely a factor. But he didn't really look that great throwing the football against the Bengals. He looks better than Joe Burrow, I guess. But if you know he hits those two deep balls, I mean, it's even worse than 24-3. to three. 
So if, if Watson can get back to Watson, this is absolutely a team in the AFC that, that could go the distance that maybe we were sleeping on this whole time. So I had Pittsburgh beating San Francisco, and that was a laugher for San Francisco. Man, they're a great football team. I don't see a lot of, uh, I don't see a lot of jinx in the armor there, but you had a nice, uh, chat with Kenny Pickett recently, uh, the quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is a big week for Kenny Pickett. It really is. You know, he's been in this situation before. Uh, we sat down a few days before that 49er game and kind of relived his rise. I mean, out of high school, this is somebody that's barely gotten the radar colleges. He's asking his head coach in, uh, in high school, like, where are these five stars going to camp? And they, he figured out where they were going to camp. He made sure he was in the same exact drills as the Hendon Hookers and the Mac Joneses and tried to light them up and, and try to show the show all those college coaches, hey, I'm, I'm better than these guys. He, he's wired the right way. I mean, even in college, like the first game he's starting at Pitt, um, against the number two team in the country, he's, he runs a bootleg and doesn't even tell the rest of the teammates in the huddle he's going to keep the ball and run the opposite way <laughs> to close out that win. He's got guts, man. And I, I think you saw it last year in some of those last-second wins. I think that, you know, yeah, that was ugly against the 49ers, really ugly. But if anybody can bounce back from a game like that, I think it is Kenny Pickett. It, it is funny, though. You know, out of week one, we're all trying to figure out what should we, you know, react uh, genuine too, and, and what's mm-hmm. an overreaction? I think a, a genuine reaction is the Cleveland Browns are here to stay because you know that running game com- combined with Watson's legs and athleticism. Yep. I mean, imagine being a linebacker and he's running that RPO, and you don't know if he's going to keep it, hand it to Chubb. Man, that puts you in a bind. Mm-hmm. And he can throw it. I mean, it's a triple threat in that situation. I think the Browns are legit, and I think that the Steelers. Are, are still a potential playoff team. I mean, it was ugly. Don't get me wrong. It was bad. But I think that the, the Steelers and the Giants both kind of bounced back this week. I, I can't wait for that Steelers-Browns game Monday night. Tell you what, Josh Allen misses Brian Dable. That's what it looks like to me. Oh, yeah. This is uh, worrisome. I mean, I, living here in Buffalo, it's, you, you do start to see a lot of red flags all over the place from mm-hmm. Stephon Diggs' uh, minicamp, whatever the heck happened behind closed doors with Sean McDermott, to I mean, Von Miller, your best defensive player, he's not going to see the field yet anytime soon, and Lord knows they need him, to a 225-pound, whatever, your third, fourth-round pick, and Terrell Bernard as your middle backer. Um, Kyrie Elam, first-round pick corner, he can't even get on the field. Mm-hmm. He's not even active. He's right. a healthy scratch. <laughs> wow. These bad drafts are kind of adding up, and when Allen it can't play Superman, you lose to Zach freaking Wilson. No kidding. No kidding. That is that is uh that is definitely an early season indictment. I think they'll still be okay. Tonight we've got the the Minnesota Vikings and the Philadelphia Eagles. And if my memory serves me correct, it was right about here last year those teams met in the same spot in Philadelphia. Uh the Vikings are coming off a humiliating loss to to Tampa, and the Eagles gutted one out over the uh the Patriots. Always tough to win in New England. I don't care. Um how do you see this one shaking down? here tonight you know i i think i'll still stay on this hill to die for now that those 11 one score wins for the minnesota vikings last season were legitimate i just spending a little time around kevin o'connell quasi adolfo mensa everything that they've built you know they really did have to get rid of that stench left behind by mike Zimmer in mm-hmm. ways beyond the football field i mean they finished number one in that nfl pa workplace environment uh polling with the players for a reason 
Uh, so I, I do think the one-score games mean something. But if they do, you've got to go out there tonight and beat the Philadelphia Eagles. And you cannot start 0-2 because that was ugly last week against Tampa Bay. To have the Bucks at home, your house, with an electric fan base, with all the weapons, Hawkinson, Jefferson, Osborne, Jordan Addison, and to lose to the Bucks, that's that's rough. And I, and I like the Bucks, uh, but I think that this is this is a big moment. I mean, the season's not lost if you lose this game, but this it, it could trend toward ah, uh, you know, if, if two and five, three and seven, trade deadline, mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins, think of the future. Is Cousins a guy that you move to the New York Jets at that point? Right? Like, it could turn south fast. So you know, I'm not going to say must win. But holy heck, it's a pretty big game for the Vikings tonight. And I want to squeeze one more in here, uh, Ty Dunn. Uh, are you, you've covered the Packers too. Are you buying Jordan Love stock early on in the season here? I am. I am. I mean, I've been really high on Jordan Love since they drafted him because you take a quarterback who's obviously raw, um, Utah State, you know, not exactly the SEC, yeah. Yeah. but he's got a big arm. He's a he's an Adonis out there. I mean, he's six four, two twenty five, whatever he is. I mean, he can stay strong in the pocket, and he's got athleticism. So you had some skills to work with. It was just kind of a matter of developing and learning, and and kind of building a quarterback the old school way. You don't see it in today's NFL, but you sure as hell see it in Green Bay. They did the same thing with Aaron Rodgers. They're doing it with Jordan Love, and now it's time. I don't know if he's a Pro Bowl quarterback, right? I don't know if he's a Super Bowl contending quarterback. But I know you saw enough in that Bears game, the poise and the, just the, the raw gifts that he has are on display. So he just needs reps. He just needs games. I do think they have something special long-term. Go check this guy out. Give him a follow on Twitter, at Ty Dunn, D-U-N-N-E, and his website, golongtd.com. Subscriptions available there. And, of course, you get listening to some Colter Wall and get me some more good stuff to read, okay? <laughs> Heck yeah, you you got him, man. And you know what? We started a show with Brett Favre too. So every other nice, week, yeah. Record a record a pod with Favre. Just a ton of stories. Following the NFL today, nothing's off limits too. I mean, the good, the bad, the ugly. We get into it all. So if, if it's just for our paid subscribers, if people want to check that out. Today's sports page has come to a close. Miss a segment? Download or stream the podcast now at sportscage.ca. Get your sports straight from the source. 620 CKRM.